We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here to actually react to the episode you just watched of The Last of Us, titled Long, Long Gone. I want to start off by saying I don't take it for granted that you guys are here with us right now. I've been thinking about a lot of things as, as it pertains to like getting the show out there and how it is to kind of try to give you guys something that is worth watching and the fact that you guys keep coming back and some of you new people come up and want to be a part of these conversations, it really means a lot. Bridget, let's talk about first where you got up to in your gameplay as it <laughs> pertains to this specific episode before we quite get into it. Okay, so as as you all know, or maybe you don't know if you're listening for the first time, but I have been playing through the video game concurrently to us covering the episodes. Now, I've just kind of shot in the dark. I'm going to stop here. <laughs> the first week was the exact point that the first episode ended. Second week, exact point that the second episode ended. This one? Now, this episode was really weird in terms of what happens to the characters and stuff. Broad strokes, though. Pretty roughly same spot. Is any of this in the game? <laughs> no. Like, the majority of this episode was not in the game. What you had told me is this episode is basically based on a throwaway line from the game that they Mm -hmm. took and ran with for this episode essentially but the thing is is that the story plays out completely differently in the game so even with throwaway line it's not like with previous things where i've been like well maybe this would have been something that would have happened before that we just didn't see right and like may maybe true to some of this but but this was quite the leap right this, this was, was very different this was very very different i want to hone on something lois just said was this one was off a bit and i know why it's because it's essentially a bottle episode, mm -hmm. which, Man. which got me <laughs> smiling a million miles when I realized it. Like, you know, you're halfway through the episode, about 45 minutes and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a bottle episode. This is good. This is good. It's mm. going to be like this basically the whole episode. <laughs> I just kept thinking Sharon D's not missing anything pivotal to the, the timeline right now. That's all I kept thinking. Right. Mm. And then and and now that you say that, Dave, I don't like bottle episodes. <laughs> I don't, which is weird because I'm an anthology fan. None of I that just... makes sense. How does that make? Oh, I well, no, it does make sense because in a serial, you don't want bottle episodes, but in an anthology episodes, yeah. okay, you know what you're you're getting into. Yeah, so. I'm like mentally prepared for it. I wasn't mentally prepared for this. And yet, first impression? Well, Nick Offerman. So. <laughs> this is literally what you said. I'm to not me mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I love Nick. I love Nick Offerman. You always think in your head like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a real Joel if this happens. I'm going to be a real uh, badass. And uh, no, as it turns out, I'm a real Bill. <laughs> I'm a real Bill. Well, he was a badass too, though. I, mean. I was cracking up, though, when him and Frank got into that argument. When they first met? <laughs> when, no, like oh, a couple oh. years down. Okay. When they're arguing about like redoing the town or whatever. Like Frank <laughs> Frank was to redo the town and like do it up and, you know, cutesy it up, which is great. I love that. You need a project, right? You need a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And I love that he's like, well, you're like, a, basically, you're a conspiracy theorist. 9-11 was like, wasn't inside job. What? I was like, oh, man, this guy's speaking it, my language. And, 
<laughs> the government okay, is not full that, of Nazis. Not that. But the government is full of Nazis line, like, cracked me up. I was laughing so hard out loud because I was like, they are. And he's like, well, yes, now, I mean, but yes, not now. before. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. I like it. It's I was, as meaty, it was, it's as, meaty was, as Nick's, not Nick's. Yeah, Nick Offerman steaks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yum, 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 yum. Some, some good moments in that. It was pretty funny. I can sum up my watch with two comments. One, I almost cried in two spots. Mm. It's kind of like what Sorta Rachel was saying last week in our full breakdown, which if, if you haven't watched it, we did our full breakdown live stream last week, right after the episode, as we've done the last few weeks, as well as a full episode breakdown last week. I mean, I, I say full episode, but it's basically the, the bits and bobs that we didn't get to in our first watch reaction live stream with you. She had said she she couldn't wait to tear this, this series apart. And even as we're watching the first, first two episodes, and the first episode was good. I mean, good, really good. Good enough mm-hmm. to cover the next week. Second episode was even better. This episode, and here I am, I'm like, this is actually, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is a solid, solid series. This episode got me like in a TWD way, where like oh. suddenly I'm getting really emotional. Tell you the two spots now. One, okay, okay one, and tell me if, if you feel the same way. When Bill and Frank kiss for the first time, it okay. suddenly, the rug was pulled from under me, and I really, really, really felt that. He wanted the whole world to die, kind of like he says in the letter. Like, had he not said the letter, mm-hmm. I would have made the letter for him. He wanted the world to die. He couldn't wait for everybody to go away. For three years, he got his wish, and suddenly he realized what he'd been missing out on. And he was all tense. You could see him as he's walking away to take a shower. He's like walking yeah. away like, all stiff-like. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm not used to this. What is this what it could have been like for me all this time? Oh, <laughs> walking around. Like, he walked away sort of like a, like a cartoon cowboy getting off his horse. You know, he's all bow-legged, right? It's like mm-hmm. the second yeah. part that I that I almost kind of I got choked up a bit is when Ellie gets the part of the letter, use it to protect Tess. Mm. And that that again and purposefully, right? It's those two specific moments. How much time has Joel probably wasted by keeping Mel- himself all tight and tightly wound and not keep connections? And so where it's in- it's interesting, the first thing that you brought up in the first episode was, oh, they kind of, you know, they they gave us a little bit more meat to the possibility of he and Tess having had something. Yeah. A little more meat. You know me. I don't love that, but But it's still kind of nebulous. They fall and they did kind of follow through on that here. May and again, maybe it's still kind of nebulous, but you could tell that he was not okay with having Mm -mm. read that part. Versus the game, right? Because the game you just keep rolling. But danger's imminent, you just are rolling, rolling, rolling. So there is no time to process. So I thought it was nice that they gave Joel a little bit of breathing room in the woods, spending a little more time thinking in the video game it's like yeah they walk through the woods in silence it's so rapid because it's a video game there's not going to be these long blocks of like dead time you're not watching a tv show the passage of time just felt slower this is basically the the stuff that you don't see that gets Mm -hmm. jumped between like black you know fade to black cuts in the game it gave them a little more breathing room to kind of focus on the fact that Tess did just die and that's gonna have some sort of emotional weight to it for Joel we don't have time 
to focus on anything else because a clicker is coming. That was kind of how it was in the game. So I, I do like that there's more time here to explore those human emotions. Yeah, I like that the writers kind of like a, a weird balloon basically gave Bill some justice. Bill and Frank, essentially. Like they breathed a whole narrative behind. I, I, listen, I haven't played the games. Just to, for context for people who don't know, who are just tuning in, etc. Bridget is playing the games. She got to the part where this episode ended <laughs> off again. But what I can tell was that giving them the flexibility to create the story to give further meaning to our pair that is wandering this universe, Joel and Ellie, when you see Bill and Frank's story, it gives Joel, even if it's just a little bit of purpose for Ellie, you can tell they're still at each other's throats. I could see that. Just like the strawberry seed that's planting these little narrative seeds that are going to grow. Because if Joel all of a sudden is like, oh, I'm going to protect you with all my life, it's hokey. You're not going to buy it. He's so cold. Okay. That's so, that's fair. That's fair. Because in my mind, I was kind of like, this is fine. Like, this is great storytelling. Yeah. But like, what was the point? Like all bottle episodes, right? Great. <laughs> great. Now we're doing that in this show, too? Come on, man. I've had enough of bottle episodes. So, so I was kind of... But that's, Even before that's they start, point. I've had enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. My initial reaction is... Let it simmer. <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Why do you create characters with backgrounds and then just kill them off that's Which really is cool thanks something that we said both in last episode and i put it in the blog too as well i actually put it in the description for this live stream knowing that i f the f i had a feeling that they would bring more characters on that we mm -hmm. would just have to let go of but i know deep down that they do this to to further push these characters the characters that we know we're going to be following forward kind yeah, of like it makes what show, it makes sense the walking dead this happens on the walk. I mean, look, it doesn't happen once an episode, but no. <laughs> I, I, you got to give these got to give these guys credit where credit is due is that they somehow managed to do in one episode what would be very, very difficult to do in a single episode on The Walking Dead. It would be really, really sucky to kind of go. Th and it, it the, don't The Walking Dead has done this, brought a character on that you're like, hey, like um, Demetrius Gross's ca uh, character on Fear the Walking Dead season six, the the, the opener, Jer uh, Josiah. Was it Josiah? Mm. No, Josiah is the twin brother. The first one was Emil Emil that's right right mm -hmm. everybody's like ah well I mean, he's a bad guy right whatever mm -hmm. but like oh I like that guy why why or um um, so much so that we'll make him a good twin. It's so funny. The first <laughs> episode of liked the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead season six, and then also the last episode of Fear the Walking Dead season seven. The, we got introduced to that character played by Holly Linden. I forget her character on the show, but I still follow her. She's the woman who was part of that group of the on the island who was trying to take out the person stealing the babies. And Morgan tries to tell her not to confront. Oh, the ugh. the the her name was people. Like, was her name Tess? <laughs> I think her no, uh, no, Anna, Anna, maybe. Anyway, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. She dies on the show. You're like, oh, come on. Anyway, we should say hi yeah. to some people. Lois, we said hi to, obviously. Teresa, you hi. love this episode. Yay, Teresa Harper. Takira Lawrence, sorry. Like, don't be sorry. You're here now. What the? This will be, this will definitely go down as one of my favorite episodes ever. I already know. I, well, you know what? I, in a way, I hope not, but I'm glad you like this episode, right? <laughs> I mean, because you want these episodes to get better and better. Yeah, uh, I hope they get better. Yeah. Uh, Takira also 
says, I haven't been able to pick uh, pick back up in my walkthrough, so I know I'm way behind in the game game now. Well, listen, you have shit to do. I get it. We've spoken. So <laughs> just hang in with us. Hang in with my experience. I love when you guys, when everybody, you guys in the chat, Bridget, Sharon D, I love when you guys give me something I didn't think of. It just fills out the, makes me appreciate the show that much more. And then we share that with you. And then we all get something out of it. And you're here now and it's great. That's why we do this thing. Okay. So I was still in the middle of my assessment. The two times that I cried, I could sum up with that. Mm, and yes. then I, after the episode was over, I briefly went into the bedroom. My wife's a teacher. She goes to sleep pretty early. I go, honey, this isn't a zombie episode per se. You need to watch this episode. You're talking about a person who just has Parks and Rec on repeat. So like watching Nick Offerman. She's going to love it. She's going to love it. Honey, you're going to love this episode. Just yeah, it's such will. a beautiful, beautiful story. And listen, I, again, I happen to love up bottle episodes if you can do it right. And I like that it was bookended with Joel and Ellie. That's fine. That's cool. But if you can contextualize it to move these characters forward in a way, but also say something that is greater than just those two people. Because something that I had said in, I don't know in which episode, it could have been the full breakdown, the last one for Infected. And that was the story could also be about age versus youth and pushing the next generation on. They could already be setting up sure. Ellie to carry the weight of, of all the people who protected her to move her forward. So between Tess's bad knees going up 10 flights of stairs mm. in the hotel and Joel, who, you know, God bless him, but he's getting older too. And now this episode with Frank and Bill, where it was just conscious in their minds that, you know, they were getting older. So, so I know things about the video game, even though I haven't played I was going to say end. something. Yes. And, <laughs> and this is killing me because I don't want it to lead to that point because I don't love that. Half of me wants to say what you're thinking because I was kind of almost about to say it myself. We're not going to ruin it for everybody else, but I kind of want to It's like revisit. the one thing I don't want to say. Yeah. I want to revisit this later uh, at the end of the season. I want to yeah. revisit these conversations. Shh. <laughs> okay. Dave, uh, it's, it's like Rick's arm all over again. We can how many play times? it out differently. How many we can times? play it out differently. Okay. Lois Martin says it was really off the beaten path. Hence bottle episode uh, for mm -hmm. me. Anyway. No, and, and Lois, in all of that, did you feel like this was a good episode though? That's that's what I want to know. Even though it, it kind of took you away from, from the main path, sometimes you have to do that to kind of give more reason for these people to do what they do, I think. But also it's for you. Sometimes it's not about Ellie and Joel, let's say. Sometimes it's about giving you a pair of glasses so that you can see the series a little bit differently. And that's basically what I was saying with the age versus youth. You know, you're going to meet characters that, that come with different stories that make Ellie and Joel's journey have a little bit more significance. What is the point of Ellie bringing the cure to all these people? How does that change what their lives could have been? And I think that's important. And it could be about something completely different. We could come into the next episode. And it's absolutely awful. But even that would further contextualize the story. Takira says, I'm usually not a fan of bottle episodes, but this one I loved. Bill was so badass to me and I could really identify with certain things about him. Yeah, I did too. I think if you like The Walking Dead, you're innately going to like Bill. <laughs> Let's launch into that point right after one throwaway comment I want to make is that, you know, just like uh, Nick Offerman's character in Parks and Rec, Bill's a libertarian. <laughs> the don't Hell tread on me flag. Yeah. Yes, represent, represent. Finally, the kind of representation I'm looking for. Thank you know what? You. And I just, just to add to that, I, I recently, this is, I wanted to post about this on my private social media, but I got a letter from the uh, New Jersey Board of Elections and they said, since you register as a libertarian, you are no longer allowed to vote in primary elections. Mm-hmm. True. Because fuck you, right? True. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's like the worst letter you want to get. It's like, yeah, because 
because you're mm-hmm. a, an idiot fence sitter, you can't vote in prime. I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to vote, you have to send a letter or notify 55 days in advance. Ah, it's just so corrupt. This whole con- New Jersey is just absolutely corrupt. Anyway, let's keep going. Moving on. <laughs> sure. Moving on. Oh, so let's contextualize what you just said, because there were points at which I was rolling my eyes, going to myself, okay, the Walking Dead fans are going to be eating today because watching Bill just drive through to the Home Depot and the wine shop and, and all these different places, I'm like, oh, this is like a wet dream for all. This is me in the apocalypse. Oh my gosh. I like, I'm like consciously aware of like, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this when I get on with Bridget later. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is me. (laughs) Those scenes, right? That's like the reason that Dawn of the Dead, the original. Right. Do not get me started on the remake. Get out of here. (laughs) Zack Snyder, whoever made it, that garbage. Anyway, the reason I love Dawn of the Dead so much is because there's such an element of the world has ended and I have the freedom to just go get and do whatever I want. And that has been (laughs) that has been so appealing to me for so much of my life and probably it has a lot to do with I didn't grow up with a lot with a lot of money I still don't really have a lot of money getting whatever I wanted is not really a thing for me so I think that probably has something to do with it but it's also that idea of having purpose beyond just day-to-day life right that's why all of us become invested in the concept of the apocalypse and dystopian futures and all that kind of stuff is because it takes you out of your mundane life into something greater where you really really have to live to live. It's not just floating through and going to my job and like, I have to write another email about this per my last email. Like, you know, you're just having like these horrible, like mundane situations. (laughs) It's like, that's the worst, right? There's like no purpose. It's like so small that this adds some weight to your life. Right and, right, and what you would do with it. So it's like that fantasy escapism sort of thing. Like, well, well mm-hmm. what if I didn't have to write this email? <laughs> like, this is oh, this could yes. be great. Yeah, and you know, I I will put the clip of that exact conversation because we made a clip of that exact conversation. I think it was family or one of the last few Walking Dead episodes where we really launched into this, and we kind of we oh, kind of yeah. had a back and forth. He was like, okay, isn't it just you know you want to wreck it because it's hard. <laughs> It is. And it is. Undoubtedly. Life can get hard. And I'm, I'm listen, I don't want to take us away from the conversation, by the way, but we've had this conversation before. And, and I, I find oh, it yeah. rewarding because we all know that at the end of the day, just like this world that we're experiencing in The Last of Us and The Walking Dead, sure, but we're talking about The Last of Us right now. I talked about the concept of Kipple and like how when things fall apart, well, it's hard to bring everything back together again because there's so much Kipple, all the junk, debris, waste, uh, dilapidation that you almost don't want to. And it's almost as if human nature is designed to basically give up when things feel just insurmountable. So what do you do now? Lois says, I didn't hate it, but we go from Tess getting killed to this uh, threw me off. Takira says, I was a bit nervous to see where it would go after Tess died. So also in line, but seeing her before she died with these people actually made me feel better. Yeah, that's another thing. I really did like seeing Tess again. And also in a different framing too. Not desperate Tess, not cold and bitter Tess. Tess that got a break. Hopeful Tess. I'm making <laughs> connections outside of the world. Yeah, it was interesting. She's like the Frank of the conversation. <laughs> it was a real juxtaposition from what, what we've only seen and will only see. Maybe there'll be other flashbacks. But Takira says, laughing, did I fall
fall right into the trap of this of the of the episode. <laughs> and she says also, I can't wait to talk about the shoot out, but I know we aren't there yet. Okay, okay. Like a fantasy. Yeah, like a fan that's right, Lois. Like a fantasy. Okay, as far as Tess being the juxtaposition for Joel and then Frank and Bill's relationship, it does do the switcheroo thing too. Let's go to where Bill gets shot and, and he keeps talking about, you know, I'm the older one, I'm I'm gonna go first, and then they do the switcheroo after he gets shot. And Ugh, I feel like yeah. isn't isn't it that um Frank has I feel like Frank has MS, I wanna say, it feels like. It's some degenerative thing we could only assume multiple sclero- sclerosis is ms mm-hmm. yes but uh, i don't know ms it could als who knows but whatever it is there's not a cure for it and he's going to continue to suffer in 2013 or 20 no in 2003 All right so right. there wasn't a cure for it before and so I imagine it's it's one of those degenerative disorders. Right. Oh, and maybe it is something that, that is curable now that wasn't then, let's say, because we're too worried. About, you never know. Like, But it would be kind of interesting to know that it could have been something that is curable now or treatable now because civilization was allowed to continue for the last 20 years. Mm. And then that's something yeah. they couldn't fix then. But just like that, another thing that wasn't curable was intolerance. <laughs> and that was, was it the Defense of Mar- Marriage Act? I can't remember, but it was the, it was the Supreme Court decision that allowed Mm. the federal right for gay people to get married. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting to kind of put a, f- a button on because they didn't get married all this time in 17 I years. I thought cause- that was interesting because in my head I was like, well, the world ended like, who cares? Do what you want. Let me throw something at you because there are some libertarians that don't believe in state-sanctioned marriage. But then you get to thinking... <laughs> Well, there really is no state. So this is about spirit. And, and you know, yeah. there's some libertarians do believe in faith and some don't, but either way. But it's like everything, right? Old habits die hard and old stigmas die hard too. It's crazy because I've heard conversations about some gay people that didn't not want to get married. Like they were like, well, marriage didn't really, wasn't a thing for us. In fact, it's almost offensive, you know, that, mm. that you know, we don't need you to recognize our union, right? Fair. So, it, right? That's right? fair. So, like, I, I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. I was just kind of like in my head I was just like well the world ended what does it matter but again not everyone chooses that path I don't know what would have held you up over time when you figure there's not anybody to, to stop you. So who cares? It's funny because like I had given, I personally had given up on, on marriage. Oof. Like maybe, let me see, 2000, probably 2006, I want to say. I didn't really believe in it as, as a concept and I didn't really think that was going to be for me. I did, but yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen for me. For, for me, it was more like, I don't, I don't need it to happen. I don't want it to happen. If whoever it is I marry wants to get married, I guess I'll do it. I'm not that, st- I'm not the kind of person who's steadfast in something that I don't care about. Like if you care about it, okay, we'll do it. But I don't, it's not for me. But it's funny how, I, it's such a cliche. So just bear with me. But when you find somebody that you want that with, and I still, as a concept, don't really jive with it, but I've, I've, there are things in life that come into your path that make you rethink things and just keep your mind open to those things because sometimes change is pretty cool because the, the fact that you can change is pretty crazy when you understand that it's really hard to change people. People, once they settle their mind on something, usually never change because it's like part of their identity or belief system. Mm. So to kind of take it back to this episode, the fact that maybe the switcheroo happened where it wasn't Bill that was dying, it was Frank, made Frank feel the urgency. You're going to get those rings. We're going to get married and I'll be a part of you forever, essentially. And Bill was just kind of like, was there any doubt? And that's basically how I got married, by the way. It was like, (laughs) this just makes sense. You're right. It's there's no reason for me not to. There's nobody else I want to ever be with. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it right now. Maybe uh, yeah. another 20 years I'll feel differently, but I'm kidding. Not at all. 
Uh, no, Every day never. is a gift. Actually, so that was the one part. And you know me, I'm like, I'm a big crier. And I will cry during everything. Not a tear out of his face during this episode. I don't really? know why, because it was very emotional, but I just, I wasn't close enough to the characters or I was playing through the video game in my head trying to figure out how this was going to fall into it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happened. But you got podcast brain, I think. I guess there Maybe. was a moment. So it's, it's not either of the moments you talked about either. Good. It's when they're at the table. And it's when, see, now I'm going to cry now that I'm talking about it. Well, Frank asks, you put pills in the bottle, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, this isn't a sad suicide. I'm going if you're going. That got me. That got me. And it's because, I guess it's because I'm married and because I have someone. I can't imagine living without him at all. I've been there. Please let me just end it. I cannot do this anymore. But ever ever since I almost died, it's like the complete opposite. I'm like, nope, I never want to die. And I know that I will, but I'm, I want to be here a long time now. And I never used to be like that, but my life changed a lot around the same time. And so someone who's like been really low and also like almost died, I can't imagine wanting to again, except for that. Right. Except for losing him. I just can't imagine how you would go on another day. And people, like, there are people that have to live with that. Mm, yeah. Which is yeah. just, like, All so the that time. whole, I know, I Most know. Most people. And that, <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, for, it, for me, between watching this episode, having watched The Sandman, also the series on Netflix, I have been thinking a little bit more about my mortality. And, and on that note, there are moments where, like, I feel like, okay, I'm not going to live forever. And that pisses me off a little bit because in my head, I have to keep that fantasy going so that I can live happy and full. And when I go, it's like, yeah, I guess. Okay. It's okay. just like me getting married. Yeah, I guess this makes sense. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Marriage. Yeah, that also makes sense. Why not? Like, just keep going. You know, it's, it's, if this, if the, if the signal says is green, why am I going to doubt it? Like if you're feeling it, don't doubt the feeling, man. Takira says, shock of my life when it wasn't Bill in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Lois Martin says, I thought in the beginning Frank was going to kill Bill. <laughs> and he had others waiting in the woods. You know, our TWD brains, I felt the same uh, thing. Yeah. He says he had 10, but he's a shitty liar. Well, you saw you saw him. You saw him looking towards the wood line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like after, well, after he was like, wait a second, do you have a gun? Do you have a weapon? And then he's like pointing like wildly. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Lois also says, how do you fall into that big hole and not see it? <laughs> me, and my, me and my wife have been together for 23 years, never seen the need to be married in our eyes. We are. Yeah. There you go. There you I go. Yes, Lois. You're going to make me cry. But yeah, <laughs> but let's go back to the whole comment because look, obviously, Bill's like just 9 11 was an inside job. He's a crazy prepper. So he's going to make sure, <laughs> damn sure nobody sees that trap. And he, yeah, you saw he put the chicken wire and the dirt on top of the chicken wire. So obviously, grass grew on top of the trap. So <laughs> once human weight went on that chicken wire, it's all over. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Takira says, Lois, I also thought Frank's storyline was going to be a completely different direction and not a good one. <laughs> I did have that in my head as well. I'm like, ooh, how are they going to do this? And there is something I want to say about that, but let's keep reading. Lois, you are most definitely married. Hmm. Lois says, love you, girl. 
Carl, know how you feel. It's real. So he goes, I 100% know he was drinking it with him because that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know if I would do the same thing. Again, we're going back to my original beliefs about marriage. It's like, well, because <laughs> there is one thing that I do, I have moved a little bit on. I can see how this, this is appealing because of Fifi's, right? Because I don't believe in the one. I don't believe that there's one true person for everyone, but I do believe there are people that can walk into your lives and fill that spot in different ways. Now, I'm not saying this to sway anybody. I, I think people need to move in the direction that they feel is the best one. And I'm just, not, I'm not convinced of that. But I, again, like I said, I, I've moved on that because I've met someone that's like, oh, I can't just, I can't imagine life without that person. I can't, I can't, but I still believe that it's possible because it must be, right? It must be. Well, I believe you can have more than one love in your life stuff like that. I mean, my grandmother just got remarried to someone she knew in grade school, I think. She's happy and he's he's not my grandpa. He's a nice guy, but he's not ever going to take that place. He's not ever no. going to be that person. But she loves him and she's happy and so fine. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm like, good for you. Felicia says, both Emmys, <laughs> both of them. Don't know if they could be, but so a tie, but give it both, give both actors your word. Goddamn. So I can tell that Felicia's emotional about this. I was too. That scene in the bedroom, it's his first time and he never really kind of got around to exploring those feelings, it sounds like, or those actions. Just so sweet and loving and caring and it just really got me. How many of us have felt that first time? Basically, maybe all of us here right now. Is that, but like, right, it's 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 relatable. It's, it's so relatable. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Well, not It was not relatable for me. It was not relatable at all. Well, I guess it was for me. It's just that, but it's not really the external, what happens, but what happens in your head. At least it was for me. It was just like, oh, I've never done this before. I'm kind of nervous. I'm actually even kind of scared. So that's how it was for me. I don't know. Alcohol was not involved. It depends. I, uh, well, we'll move on. We'll move on. Felicia says, I'm not so emotional. I'm not so much emotional, just very appreciative of the brilliance of the two incredible artists. Yeah. Yeah. It was stupefying. I was suddenly swept up. I, I didn't know what was happening to me. <laughs> Lois says, I'm not sleeping <laughs> with any, anyone I do not love. You know, I've moved on that too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thousand percent like that for me. Uh, what you're saying, Takir, just to clarify what I was saying, the mm. all those feelings. That's why I said it would well, be my nice. fave. So there's so many things that happened that really got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely not the same. I, my first time was not with a man, but but again, it's relatable. <laughs> it's relatable. That's <laughs> not what I meant when I was like, no, <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> That's not what I meant at all. Oh, that's funny. Let me launch into some stuff here, Dave. You ready for the video game story? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So you get away from the Firefly soldiers because that's What's who happening? you're with at oh, the okay. end when Tess dies. And then you're going to go visit this guy, Bill, because he owes Joel some favors. That's what you're told. You get to this area. He has his own town. So that was true. He has his own town. <laughs> It is fenced off and there are booby traps everywhere, which is why I loved that he was making traps because that was in the game. He had trip wires everywhere <laughs> in the portion where Ellie goes over to the video game and she's like, this game and it's Mortal Kombat, you yeah. know, and she's talking about it. That's a scene that can occur in the game if you go into this pizzeria. Hmm. She's talking about a different game. It's like the turning or something is what it's called. Okay. But anyway, she'll, she'll talk about that, playing that. You meet Bill because you're, you fall into one of his traps <laughs> 
<laughs> and Joel is hung upside down by his mm-hmm. ankle. Okay. And the counterweight is a fridge that Ellie is trying to cut down with a with her knife mm-hmm. by herself. And there's infected or like running in. And so uh, you're upside down and you're like shooting. It's horrible. <laughs> it's very just to give, intense. Just to give it's a little context intense. to why it's horrible for you. You had mentioned so last horrible. two times that you do not, you love the zombie genre, but, but you not hate the playing zombie games. I don't like the games. And you should have heard me this morning because I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I was playing. But Travis had warned me about this scene because this is where he quit playing. He kept dying and it was happening to me too i was like dude i just keep dying over and over and over again what am i even supposed to do they like won't go down fast enough they're like running up to me and if you run into a clicker in the game unless you have a shiv or you can shoot it from like really 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 far away because it takes several shots they will just kill you every Mm -hmm. time and so I've died to many a clicker. I will not lie to you. But I got through that portion and you're about to like die. Like like an infected person is like on your face and all of a sudden it's killed by Bill. And then you're running and you're all running with Bill. You're running and you're running and then you run into like a house and it's like he keeps walking you into like dangerous situations because like, <laughs> he's gone crazy because oh. he's by himself. It's kind of like Princess. When we're first introduced to Princess on The Walking Dead, he's talking talking to himself a lot. He doesn't really want you there. He's not happy that you're there. He doesn't like that Ellie is there. He handcuffs her like immediately. Right. Thank God he doesn't find out that she has a bite mark on her (laughs) arm. As you're moving through, you end up in a house. You're like hiding. And all you see is the lower half of a body hanging. The lower half of a body hanging. By its ankles? From the ceiling. By its neck. Oh, by its... Oh. So the upper half, you mean? No, you see from like chest down. Oh, 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 okay. Got you. The visual is of uh, the lower half of the body hanging. Right, okay. So... Oh, no. It's someone in a Hawaiian shirt. At one point prior to this, you've gone with Bill to his like bunker almost. Well, it isn't a cellar. Yeah, so I guess it is a bunker. It's filled with like random assortments of junk. And he gives you a shotgun. And while you're talking to him, he's saying like... You should ditch this girl. And you don't tell him that Tess is dead. Mm. So he doesn't know. He's like, where's Tess? She would never have gotten herself into this. Joel's like, it was Tess's idea to do this. And he's like, well, fuck her. And uh, and he's like, do not talk about Tess anymore. Bill tells Joel, like, get rid of this girl. You just have to take care of her. There's no point. And this is the one-off line that I was talking about. At this point, he says, I used to have someone, someone that I cared about, someone that I had to take care of, a partner. The way he says it is like, it's like it, it, it insinuates. So you're like, okay. And that's Frank. The body hanging is Frank. Yeah. You find out in this cut scene that Bill essentially cut Frank off. And instead of losing you, I'm just going to not deal with having to protect you anymore. You're on your own right, right. and sends sends Frank out on his way. Frank ends up hanging. That's And y- you find out he's bit several places all over his body. You don't see it. It's just what's said in the conversation. This whole time you're going on this mission into this town that's filled with infected with Bill. Uh, it's his town, but you know, like he's got his little area that's safe. And then there's like everything else. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a battery out of a truck and you get all the way there and it's gone. Then you end up at this house where Frank is hanging and Ellie goes out into the garage, finds a car. It like almost starts up. Bill opens up the hood and goes, it's my battery. So he feels bad about Frank for a second, like he let him down. 
But then he realizes that Frank had stolen his battery and he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so there was like no love lost there at all. Right, right. So it was really interesting to see how different this was. This must have been like a completely different way of looking at things. Meaning for the for the people who play the games, they could have at any point been like, oh, where are they going to change the story? We know it's going to go down bad, but like, where does it go bad? And then seeing that it doesn't, it totally flips the script, doesn't it? Gives them a bit more of a happy ending. And the other thing is that where I played to, we have the truck, the same truck. Ellie is in the front. She's trying to pop the clutch because the battery needs to get recharged by the alternator. So mm-hmm. Bill and I are trying to push the truck down the street, but every couple feet infected roll up. And so that's what I was in the middle of when I stopped playing today. Perfect. Because I was Perfect. screaming. And Bill is like not a super likable character in this game. Mm-hmm. So he's fine. He's like kind of funny. But while I'm dying over and over again, I'm like yelling at Bill the whole time that I'm playing. <laughs> I'm like, Bill, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> much much in the way I was yelling at Princess. Like, oh my God, we got to deal with this. <laughs> because at I was first. like so, I was so angry because there's clickers and I don't have any shivs and that's the only way I can kill them. But he can kill them just regularly, but he's not hitting them. So I'm just screaming at Bill the whole time. So that's where I stopped because I was getting very worked up. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to be done with this right now. <laughs> right. But it is essentially at the same part because we're in the, the truck. Well, yeah, you're going to have to get past that part. And then you could finally like get to the next episode, essentially. <laughs> Let me read what uh, Felicia's saying. I'm reminded of Black Summer's season two episode, White Horse, where the whole episode is just two characters. Effective, iconic. Yeah, you know, I, I watched Black Summer season two. trying to think of which two. one that is. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the one with... Is it the one they're looking for the ski resort? Yeah, exactly. Ah. And the very next episode, blah, 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 stuff happens, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, it is kind of sad. Yeah. It has that same vibe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Bottle. Yeah. Black Summer was full of bottle episodes, though. That's, that's, it follows essentially well, one or two people. filmed during COVID. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Right. I wonder when season three will come out. Huh. Anyway, uh, Takira says, they said they approach certain things in the game, and if they can come up with a better story, they change it. But yeah, kind of like mm. The Walking Dead, really, too, right? And, and which, by the way, like I really, really liked the changes they made in The Walking Dead as well, like you know, not taking Rick's arm away and pulling back from certain things that would have made the story seem more comic booky, but not really something that would mimic real life necessarily, like down to the dialogue, too. One thing I'll say, and I have said it on the show, is that Kirkman tends to write in a male voice, even his female characters sound male. And what I mean by that is that some of the females will say things that they would never say, <laughs> except in like maybe like the uh, more perverted animals. Animes. I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> say, you know, if you've read the comic books or at least some of the panels that I've read, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like Chuck Palahniuk again. It's like his female characters sound like men. Some people can't write from someone else's perspective or like, oh, how would I say this if I was a girl? You can't do it. <laughs> it is a diss, but whatever. It doesn't take away from your enjoyment. It's never bothered me once. So yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Takira mm-hmm. says, and that was something that they felt strongly about changing. I think it was a great idea. I wouldn't have been into the game's story of Bill. Now, to be fair, I'm still with Bill. So I don't know if there's more to that story that I'm just unaware of. He could be better. I don't know. He's kind, kind of, of a, a crazy jerk. <laughs> right. but, but that is kind of the brashness that we're given at the beginning of this episode, too. 
almost throughout. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. I, I like how the, how the show is giving you 20 years of people allowing themselves to be changed. Mm. And that's going back to the original point. That's what we may see from Joel bit by bit, seed by seed that is planted. What is it going to take to move Joel in a space where he can live again? Because just like the broken watch he still wears, he stopped living 20 years ago. September 26, 20, 2003. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the date in the show. You know what I'm saying? Which is his birthday. At some point, he's going to have to ditch the watch and say, okay, it's time to be a part of the world. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Felicia reminds us it's Spears and Braithwaite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was exactly what I thought. Okay, good. Which I liked. That was like the one part of that season that I really enjoyed is the ski resort period. I remember it being so tense though. Yeah, same, Ugh. same. But there was a sort Ugh. of- That whole show though, the whole, every time I'm watching the show, I'm like, <laughs> the whole time <laughs> like, I'm just like- Do I need to see brace, a doctor for this? Yeah. myself. It's such a tense show. The whole two seasons, but the second season particularly, it just reminded me of season seven, season, season premiere of The Walking Dead. I never felt that much. My heart was palpitating. I, I never felt that in my life until, until, again, until I saw Black Summer season two, essentially. And a little bit of season one too. It's like, oh my God, how can you feel this way every episode? It's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> Lois says he might find the, a battery and fix it. Well, I mean, he, I, he basically recharged the, the truck off screen, Joel. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I like what they did for the teaser to this episode because you don't get present day Bill and Frank in the teasers. You get the young versions of them in the, in the episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool because when they, and you know how it is with teasers of any kind, for some reason, you can see these plot points coming. They show you a flash of an older version of somebody. It's like, where's the reveal? Can't we just keep some things under wraps did not see old bill coming <laughs> i liked it that's how you do it keep the reveal under wraps when i saw old bill and frank i was like thank you for not revealing because when i got to see them in present day it's like okay this is how it was meant to be i should feel something when i see the older versions of them the thing that they kept reminding us that they were getting older and not mm-hmm. knowing what that would look like that was nice on top of them almost making me cry <laughs> Kirsten Akuna, actually, we were just talking about this, had posted a little early, about 20 <laughs> minutes early. She didn't check the runtime for this episode. She posted basically a, a short video on her channel, which we plugged earlier this week with Druckmann and, and uh, Mazin, why they changed Bill's story. So I am going to put that in the blog now that I've mentioned it so that you can watch it. The title of that is why HBO's Last of Us changed Bill's story from the game. I give you the goods. And now subscribe to her channel and enable all notifications, please. And tell her Dave sent you in the comments to this video. <laughs> tell her, tell him squawking dead sent sent you <laughs> and there'll be like a whole bunch of comments saying squawking dead sent me I'm like oh it's like an undead army oh okay lois okay he might find a battery and fix it for his watch so that's, thank you lois thank you for clar- clarifying takira says sidebar i'm a huge black summer fan yeah i i love black summer me too. i do there's there's something about it that i like sometimes i can't like season two almost took me out of it because i felt like it wasn't it didn't go anywhere but other than that like listen you want anthology and bottle episodes black summer through and through almost. <laughs> it had like a thin story arc in the first season. Second season I felt like had also an even thinner story arc. How can you not watch that show? It's like a workout. You get a workout every episode. Your heart starts beating. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Links. Okay. <laughs> Lois says it was a beautiful storyline. Felicia says one of The Walking Dead's more pitiful traits. Oh, thank you. Says Felicia what? Ray tip. Fi- oh, thank you, Felicia. What? Thanks, Felicia. Uh, you see the little gif on the screen? It's like of uh, Nicholas saying thank you. <laughs> You'll see it afterwards. <laughs> thank you, Felicia. One of the Walking Dead's more pitiful traits, most frustrating teases. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Oh, hey, Chris, Chris Ray, Felicia's husband. Squawking Dead sent me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I meant on her video, but they, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. He Rays. knew what you meant. He knew what, he, he knew what you meant. The undead army's coming for us. <laughs> Two, there's just, just no, there's no innocent victims, everybody. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, and I completely just threw me off the rails, Felicia. Just threw me off my track. I have no track. This is live. Who cares? <laughs> thank you, Felicia. Yes, your work here is done. <laughs> my watch has ended. Game of Thrones. I, I know that there were little things which we will cover in the live stream this week. Yeah. So I want you to make sure you do a couple of things before we go is like this video, share it with others, then <laughs> take out your pencils. No, I'm kidding. Then make sure you're subscribed and enable all, all notifications, not just on our YouTube channel, but primarily that if you are on a social media platform that you prefer, just make sure you enable at least post notifications, if not story notifications, because sometimes we have links in there that we want you to go to for certain videos or articles or something or other people's cool stuff like art and stuff and stuff a lot of stuff and stuff but and things i really really like that you were here you guys added so much to this content and again i want to reiterate i don't take it for granted that you guys come here and add to this content because we are squawking dead and that, my friends, was the reaction to the third episode of the inaugural season of The Last of Us. Long, long time. And here is the entire core crew breaking down the finer points of this episode. So without further ado, enjoy the rest of this podcast. We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Today, we're here to talk about our full breakdown. Well, I don't know how full it's going to be of The Last of Us's third episode titled Long, Long Time. I'm your host, David Cameo, and you're joined by Cosmo Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner. Am I allowed to talk now? And yeah, sure. <laughs> and Bridget. <laughs> KO-5.com slash Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. I confess I still haven't seen a single episode of The Last of Us. I just wanted to hang out. Pivey says, oh, you read this episode. Oh, you should watch Pivey. You should It is really good. It is. It is good. It is definitely good. <laughs> that didn't sound yeah. convincing, but I swear join, it really is good. Join the twelve percent increase in viewership that the show received. That's right. I read stuff. I just <laughs> don't saying, have anything to add. I've read Wait, stuff. you're saying that this week's episode got even more ratings, initial ratings than last week's, which got more initial ratings yep. than the the premiere. Well, duh. Yep. it's growing that is not usual though that is very very unusual ratings which is very good for the show i think nick hopefully it's good for our show house of the dragon had rating a ratings bump like that when people realized it wasn't wasn't garbage it wasn't the english game of thrones right (laughs) like like rachel hope the show was last week It's actually good, and everybody flocked back to it. So, like, it had this huge ratings boost after, like, the second or third episode. In a rare moment in television where you actually can get something week to week, you're right. You're probably right. This this sort of thing can happen if it is that good. Oh, by the way, Tikir says, I've been in the house for 23 seconds, and it said, uh, Squawking Dead is on. <laughs> by, by the way, Tikir, that's why I didn't answer you in the DMs, because I was getting notes for this particular this was happening. episode. Yes, exactly. So, I, I kind of turned the world off. It's kind of my thing until I need to. Like, hey, ladies, we're, we're coming on right now. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> we're going live. Um, Rachel, hurry up. Yeah. Are you there, <laughs> ladies? It's me, David. Rachel, hurry up. No, no, it was to everybody, but nobody <laughs> answered, so I started panicking, actually. And then Dave started talking about his period. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've brought this up before. <laughs> because, I mean, Ellie did find tampons. That's were. true. 
That's your life. I talk and about you know, things we didn't talk you know, about. The pearl. They were right. like the good kind. Right. I, I assume. <laughs> and I obviously, assume. Joel, being of male persuasion, would not have thought that they were useful <laughs> in any way. Of the male persuasion. Right. <laughs> of the male. Joel of the male persuasion. Just a persuasion. <laughs> not at all a biological reality. Just, it's a suggestion. <laughs> I suggest that he's a man. Well, but you know, it's interesting that you brought up he pearl. Might be. I mean, he, I, he could be mushroom, so. Ooh. Mm. It's like the third I mean, I, choice. Um, I think part of him male, is. Male, female, or mushroom. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. So actually, what's funny, you mentioned Pearl. They were their Pearl tampons. And mm-hmm. going on going on the last episode, Mother of Pearl, uh, Iburatna. I, so the thing about like pearls and. Ah, pearls. Interesting. So. What uh, an interesting way to uh, tie that yeah, in. There he Tampon. goes. He just, just circles back to that. <laughs> Well, you mentioned pearls, so. Pearl tampons. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I calls them as I sees them. I don't want to use mother of pearl in place of pearl tampons. I'm just well, saying. I mean, Ooh. maybe at one yeah, point no. they were used as, anyway, I'm not going to go there. What? I don't wow. yeah, I know what It's like, oh no, my God, Thomas. it's like the three seashells from. Um, Demolition Man. Demolition yeah. Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. But are they shaped in a seat? Thomas is here. What? <laughs> Hi, Thomas. He is. <laughs> Late on the take there. <laughs> Takira says, uh, okay, yeah, Takira says this week's episode is getting be- a lot better ratings and there's a, b- a bunch of articles praising it. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I think I know you better than I ever realized. I knew I was sending messages to the air because you would be getting prepped. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Pipe says it's the best stream already because of uh, Pearl tampons and allusions to Mother of Pearl, which you you don't know about because <laughs> you weren't in the last few uh, live streams. Also, pearls come from oysters and oysters are an aphrodisiac and this episode was a love story. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tying that up real quick. What a Dave, what a Dave that was moment get dirty. for you. <laughs> now you're just a conspiracy theorist like Bill. <laughs> just, I don't go that far. I'm kidding. Anyway. Like me. Like me, like Bridget. There you go. When Sharon D is Bridget. The government are Nazis. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the best line. It's the best line of the whole thing. <sighs> they are now. <laughs> I loved this episode. It had a lot of similarities to my favorite episode of anything ever, which is Laura from Fear of the Walking Dead. You have a guy who lives on his own because he wants to be away from the world. And you have a person who shows up on his doorstep, hurt, in flannel. In flannel. <laughs> you know, he gives him food and they become involved and it's and, and then it opens up the world to this person who's been living by himself he can trust and love Feeds people and i think it was I think it was beautiful i think it was a big risk for this show to do that the third episode in mm-hmm. but like man did yeah. they nail it not only just bill and frank but the whole lead up to it how they led into it the transition from showing ellie all the dead bodies with the very distinct material and transitioning that into the bill and frank oh. story and the last shot of them pulling away from the window man that that made me ask Rachel. It made me cry when we were watching it again last night. It made me tear up. So, I mean, I thought True. it was a beautiful, beautifully shot, beautifully written, beautifully executed. And I think their gamble was it paid off. 
because this was fantastic. I mean, speaking of gamble in more ways than one, this episode worked across the board for three reasons. Well, actually, Rachel, did you feel the same way about this episode? Oh, <laughs> no, this is this is we... this will bring me to other points. But yeah, uh, shit. I wanted everyone to say good things first. I'm going to go with yes, okay. with an asterisk. OK, OK, cool. <laughs> That's fine with me. OK, three reasons. One, for those who didn't really care too much that the show perfectly reflected the game. Refracted. They, they, yeah, they refracted it and they <laughs> saw it for its merits and they thought it was really, really good. Bonus. And the ratings bear out. Two, for those who played the games and saw this as an opportunity to do, ju- you know, hashtag justice for Bill. <laughs> Win-win. But then there's the third reason. And the third reason is kind of a part A, part B. What is all this gay shit? And part B is, quote unquote, I use quote unquote, what is all this gay shit? And the second part is, hey, idiot, you're supposed to be exactly like the games. Well, it works in the show's favor because all the buzz, negative or positive, makes this show trend. And that is mm-hmm. interesting because it gets people, what other dumb shit are they going to do this week? So people watch the show. <laughs> so to find it's out interesting. What dumb I'm shit sorry, but do. like as someone who is playing the game right now, if anyone is saying like he's not gay in the game, you weren't listening. And you're well, it's not that. It's not that at all. They most of the people who watch the game knew that. And there's like even a screenshot of one of the magazines in the game that he's actually mm-hmm. reading on his coffee table. And it is a uh, it's like a nudie mag for of men. <laughs> so like, Bill so, was gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like either way. I think a lot of the issue is people are having a very hard time with it being Ron Swanson. Really? Oh, I that's not what I've been seeing at all, actually. I mean, I didn't. I will admit the first time watching it, I didn't expect it and I, I was like whoa as it went on and the story unfolded and i just got totally drawn into this well i'm a, i've always said it i'm a sucker for a love story and i just got drawn into this this love story and i forgot that i was watching apocalypse ron swanson <laughs> but i think most of the ire is coming from those who didn't like that the show diverged that much from the video game and i actually got into a couple of rows over this and i even took the time out on twitter to say i don't care if you don't like seeing quote unquote what is all this gay shit? I don't care about that. What I do care about is, I mean, I do care about that. Obviously, I care about that. But to each their own. If you don't like watching two men kissing, that's your thing. It doesn't bother you. Doesn't it? You doesn't mean. bother me. Like, okay, that's your thing. I can't say anything about it. It's a feeling that comes with inside of you, and I can't change that. I can try to show you that there is a, a way of seeing this as a departure from the video games, but in a way that is faithful to the video games, where you can expand something to the point where it actually has maybe great. great relevance to the storyline that isn't in the video games and that is adaptable for a television audience because just like with The Walking Dead, you don't really want to see the comic book to screen. Otherwise, it's super boring. It's super rote and you're basically trying to create a cartoon then. Don't don't create a live action human-centered, anchored in reality sci-fi sort of fantasy drama. We'll create an animation. It, that makes way more sense. But when you're talking about humans and what is possible in the real world, even in a video game where it's supposed to mimic sort of reality. Well, there's the game where there's game mechanics that help you play a game for gameplay sake, along with a story. But then there's show me a story, get me sucked into it without having me involve myself in the narrative. So you have to make certain choices. You're giving the creator who is involved in this process of making this television show, Druckmann, you're giving them the opportunity to right any wrongs. It's the same thing that happened with Kirkman and The Walking Dead. He regretted getting rid of Rick's arm. That's something that's talked about really 
frequently, he went on record several times saying, that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. I did it too early on. So the TV show was an opportunity to write that ship. It's the same thing here, right? You're given the opportunity to write any of the things you feel like you wronged in the creation of this story initially. You're getting an opportunity to go back and change the story that's not super common. That's really rare. Like Usually the story is just the story. And you can't do a flashback of Frank and Bill and play out their drama in a video game. You just can't do it. No, like, what am I going to do? Walk with Frank to the strawberry patch? Try to to survive the jog? You know, like... It becomes like a redecoration (laughs) show and I'm... A redecoration game and I'm, like, (laughs) picking out wallpaper and flooring for, like, the stores. So that's what I'm saying. Like, they're writing the ship in a way. They're changing the way that they wrote it because they just didn't want it to end that way again. Still sad, but more poetic. In a different way, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's sad in a happy way. Right. Mm -hmm. In in a way that actually helps... and, And this is kind of, like, more of my point in a way that actually helps Joel eventually, like it plants a seed in Joel to eventually open up to the idea of protecting, not just for the sake of the cure or whatever for a job, but just for the sake of protecting someone. He gets it all in the letter, but you see it, you as the audience have to buy that eventually Joel will have a relationship of some kind with Ellie. Otherwise, you're talking about a bunch of people who've not played the games who are like, oh, why is all of a sudden Joel magically having a relationship with Ellie? He's He was so cold at first. He's not receptive to this. People who have experienced the loss of a child, who know what it's like to lose a kid, they'll see that relationship and all of a sudden if they, he starts acting amiable to Ellie, they'll be like, oh, I, I can't connect with this in any way. I don't buy this. You have to buy this. And to do that, you have to take baby steps. You have to see the reality of what it's like to be the kind of person Bill is and the kind of person that Bill identifies in Joel. I mean, when he's first shot in this episode, his first thought is to call, not Tess, call Joel. He's the one I trust to do what needs to be done. He is the protector. He saw that immediately. And it's not like a male chauvinist sort of thing. He sees in Joel that he has what it takes to do the thing that needs to be done. That's why he counts on Joel. And so this episode is so necessary on a multitude of levels that is outside of the gameplay, and which frankly, I saw some of the gameplay on TikTok. Like it's a supercut of all the scenes with Bill and how many times he tells Joel to cut himself loose from Ellie. He's like, she's only going to drag you down and they're going back and forth saying shut well, the fuck he, up he like Bill. hates Ellie yeah like from really... like the first second he sees her he is like what are you doing here <laughs> and he like handcuffs her he's like a total jerk about to shoot her she's the same way back to him yeah yeah well because fuck Bill yeah <laughs> In the game. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm yelling at him. Yeah. I t- yeah. During my gameplay. Bill, why did you get me into this? <laughs> like, doesn't she hit him with a pipe at one point? Like, she just runs yeah. up and smacks him with a pipe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's really annoying, actually. The more you watch it. And, and all of this for, for like almost nothing, because like you said, the battery was in the car the whole time that Frank's, Frank stole the battery. Mm-hmm. And it's like you do all this gameplay just to kind of wind up into the spot. And like, what was it all for? So I'm happy with this over that on a multitude of levels, not just like the narrative ones. Wouldn't it be super annoying to watch this without you having any gameplay? At least the gameplay is what saves it. (laughs) So much of it is like figuring out where am I supposed to go next? How do I get from this spot to that spot? I have to use planks and I have to find ladders and and I'm walking over rooftops and trying to figure out my way around the booby traps that Bill has set up. The puzzle work is what makes the game interesting. It's 
puzzle work, cutscenes, and then like intense gameplay where you're like fighting off, you know, the infected. That's what makes the game interesting. But if you don't have any of the gameplay and it's just the cutscenes, it's super it's, annoying. It's an okay story, but it's not television worthy. It's not filler. Where do you connect as an audience to watching this as a TV show? It's just nonsensical. It's not narrative. If this was like, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, what was the movie with Nick Cage and the Declaration of Independence? What was it called? Oh, National, National Treasure. Treasure. Right. National if this Treasure. was National Treasure and it was like a big old puzzle. But that's not what this show is about. The show isn't about this heist like puzzle solving adventure. No, this isn't what they want this story to be about. They want it to be about the emotional impact of having to do this. And so it's all about the story that they want to tell. And three episodes deep, if you're going to criticize it in this manner, without even giving it a couple of episodes to digest and then com- maybe coming back to it and saying, okay, maybe this episode didn't have a point. And then I'd be like, okay, I have nothing to say, but I can't abide when people don't understand like gamers, let's say, let's, I'm not going to paint all gamers with a brush, but when they say, oh, you need to be shackled to the source material or the same thing with a comic book writer uh, readers you have to be shackled to the source material for, for you to be able to say oh you're a Walking Dead fan I always laugh when when it diverges because it's like you don't understand creative license and you're rejecting the possibility of this show being successful to a wider audience than just selfish little you well I think they're being really sensitive to the source material it's not like they came in guns a blazing and completely changed every aspect of it they've kept so many of the cutscenes in the show, the same, the same exact dialogue, the same exact delivery. That argument isn't even logical. No, but it has to be all the time. But there are times <laughs> when going in and changing everything about the original does not work. I'll acknowledge that. Case sure. Oh, point, yeah, of course. Case in point, the remake of The Stand, which was <laughs> oh, horrible. We went on a ramp. And they took, that. they took artistic license with that. And the artistic license they took was awful. It was Should awful. Yeah. I've ever watched. And as long as it works, it and works. But if it doesn't, sure. Yeah, criticize changed, it. But they change things for absolutely no reason. Like changing the the main focus of the series from Stu Redman, who is the focus of the book, to Howard, who is the villain in the book. And they <laughs> made him the focal point of the show, which totally upended the entire series. Like they, they've taken risks with the show by doing this and it's worked for them. Mm-hmm. But it can't be a situation where it does not work. They've avoided Oh yeah, of course. I think I think what it's proving is that they're they have a quality writing staff. Yeah. Oh, and well having just like Like, in The Walking Dead, having Kirkman on, you know, as creative for The Walking Dead, they have Druckman, you know, on the show. I I love how they write Ellie. Like she is so funny. I mean she she is is, she is hilarious. So she is very much like her her video game counterpart. She's kind of sassy and a little smart assy. Mm-hmm. Reminds Props me of Bella Ramsey for pulling it off because she's yeah, doing a it's, fucking fantastic job too. I agree. It's it's been good. Takira says yes, Dave. To me, Joel and Ellie should have this weird bumpy relationship because Joel can't come back from what he's lost, or at least not yet. Pivey says the point of feudal gameplay is friends we make along the way. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, but then you know it's gameplay, right? So it's just it's like when somebody asks asks you about your day, they don't 
don't want you to drone on and on about every time you dropped a spoon or stubbed your toe. They want the good bits. Good storytelling. Good point. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. says, when I was really young reading Stephen King, I would be upset the story diverged from what I read. I learned my lesson with true blood. I was so grateful with the changes they made from the books. Pivy says, I suppose it, it all depends on which changes they make. Hmm, thinking emoji. <laughs> so going back to my friend Rachel, look, I am happy, really, really, really happy when somebody can come in and say, well, there's some things I didn't quite like because then we could talk about it. And you can represent that voice of somebody who has the same feelings because like Lois, Lois, (laughs) we'll see. Well, no, Lois. (laughs) Lois in the chat on on our reaction stream said, oh, this episode felt a little off because, and this may be one of your comments, I'll let you have it, but it's a bottle episode. And I know you don't like bottle episodes. Not a big fan. No. That was what I yelled about on Sunday. So fair. But you didn't like it. But you did like it. Sorry. You did like it, Bridget. I did like it. Oh, you did. Okay. You did like it. I I did like it. And I will tell you exactly why I like it. There was one aspect that made me not hate this episode. Okay. So I love Nick Offerman. I absolutely love everything he's ever done, even his weird roles that sometimes don't make any sense. I still love the way he portrays every character. Yes, he's always a little bit Ron Swanson. And I don't know if I can ever fully get that character out of my brain when I see him on screen. So that's my fault, not his. Nick Offerman is an amazing actor who just nails every role that he does. Yes, it's true. I'm not a huge fan of bottle episodes unless they can move our story forward. Okay. In this episode, we meet two characters, literally meet two characters that we have not seen in the... I mean, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Will we? (laughs) We didn't see them in the first two episodes. The love story is beautiful. I... It was a little weird watching Ron Swanson be all intimate and like, and it's not even that it was with a man because I don't, it, that didn't bother me <laughs> at all. It was, it was just, in, just intimate in general. So just hairy. intimate in general. Did yeah. it make you so feel hairy. awkward? Yes, it was so hairy. It was so All the hairy. hair and the like, the the beard on beard action. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, I just, yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. It's perfectly and valid. On top of that, Ron's just Ron Swanson being intimate in general. I'm like, goo Ron, what? Did what? you say goo okay. Ron? Yeah, goo yes. Ron. Gross. <laughs> goo. And then at the end of the episode, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so That's something we said too. We spend an hour getting to know these characters, and at the end, they're dead. I told, I said this to Sharon. D. I think it was the first thing I said. If it weren't for Nick Offerman, I would have hated this episode. I would have been pissed. So wait, if not for Nick Offerman, this is all like the the beginning of <laughs> the first few first run of episodes in Fear the Walking Dead season seven. Because for a while, we were introduced to these characters that they suddenly get killed off, that die immediately, yeah. and I'm like, what the. What is the point of these characters? Ash you just, and our Bob's you character. Just, and- I just, I was emotionally invested in these men right, for Wawa. a whole hour. And yeah. then you yes, rip them away from me. And then you rip them away from me. You pulled my heart out and then stomped on it. <laughs> Fuck you. This is the something we said uh, in the last episode. Like, just, I, I feel like we're recapping on the, on the reaction video. But yeah, something I said in the episode prior was, I, f- I have a feeling that we're going to be introduced to characters that will be killed off I- either in the same episode or another episode down the line. So, which is faithful to the game, though, in a way. There is a point to it, though. Yeah, okay. I agree. Because 
we're seeing the importance of having someone to love and care about in order to make you move ahead. Bill and Frank illustrate that for us. Joel could have been Bill. He's closed himself off. Yes, he had tests, but he never allowed himself to really have tests. And that's how Bill was until Frank came along. And that is how Joel is until Ellie comes along. They're showing us that it is possible to love and care for someone, even though you know it's not always going to be forever. Even if there's a death date, Bill there, was conscious of that. End, but there's still a reason to go on. And I, that is that was the point of this story, was to show that this this is where Ellie and Joel are, are going. But we're not building a love story between Joel and Ellie. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be romantic love. He can love Ellie without it being romantic. He can love her like like you love a friend or a daughter, you know, or a sister. I mean, he can, he can love Ellie without it being a romantic love story, but the romance illustrates it as well. It's just another kind of love. All kinds of love is what, is what you need to move ahead in the in the apocalypse. Yeah, and I'll, you also run the risk of getting hurt that way. Well, yeah, but sorry, I guess I am Bill. No, I, but, <laughs> but yeah, but, welcome but, to the club. I mean, but, but Bill, to Bill, it in the end, it was worth the hurt for him to have what he had. He had twenty years of love with somebody, and they shared a life. He never thought he would have that. So in the end, he was even glad for that. That's more than some. People That's more than get people now. get in like yeah. Then yeah, yeah, now apocalypse aside, most people don't get that. That to me was what made it so beautiful was watching I'm going to call it Ron Swanson watching Ron <laughs> open up you know open up and, and realize that he he can be a person too he can exist in this world and be a part of it yes it's after almost everybody is gone it allowed him to find that one person much like John because John said the same thing to Dwight John Dory the yeah. apocalypse gave him more than he'd ever had before the apocalypse mm-hmm. yeah and th- that's the same thing that's happening with Bill the apocalypse gave him more than he ever had before the apocalypse or ever thought he would have right and so how can he how can he be sad about that how can he regret it and the he key can. takeaway here is like that he allowed he opened the door to that because you could tell he was all about living that that off the grid life mm-hmm. and had he not relented several times along the way he also thought that was all he had open to him he never thought he could have any other kind of a life let's read more comments Takira says so I know we had to wait until the end but it did move the episode forward also maybe it's because of all the Walking Dead I've watched but I know these characters weren't going to be a constant agreed I really wanted Nick Offerman to be Nick Offerman, Offerman to be a constant so I this episode was also a little predictable if I'm being honest Bill killing himself was one of them when he came out with the mm-hmm. glasses and the bottle of wine I knew already that the crushed up pills were in the bottle it surprised me that he dumped them in the glass because I thought he was going to like reveal that they were in the bottle before they drank it, but instead he did it afterwards. What I thought was going to happen, and this would have actually been sadder, is if there wasn't enough in the bottle of wine and Bill actually <laughs> survived. <laughs> It'll be like TWD, really. Uh, that, that crossed <laughs> my mind he, too, Rachel. Yeah. And then he was going to have to live mm-hmm. without Frank. That's what yeah. I thought was going to happen. Let me comment on that for a second because his intention with pouring the the pills out, the crushed pills into Frank's glass was that he was never going to tell him that he was going to kill himself. Right. right. I and, don't think he wanted to put that pressure on Frank, but he also wasn't going to lie to him when the subject came up. Right. Which is interesting because Frank is typically the bad liar. But now Bill has gotten to the point where he's found this purpose, this life that he adopts some things from Frank and then he loves someone so much that he couldn't bear lying to him. There's a lot of switcheroo stuff going 
going on here too. Bill assuming that he would be the first one to go and all of a sudden it's Frank. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see the roles reverse. Knowing that he would have he would have offed himself silently without Frank's ever knowing. But Frank is just smart enough and observational enough from the beginning that he knows Bill enough to know, you fucker. You did it. You did it. You know, I'm furious with... He's fu- he knows he would be furious with him, but he says, you know, it is kind of romantic. So he relents too, just like Bill would mm-hmm. after all his haranguing. <laughs> so over the years, over well, 20 years. You don't want to spend your last moments angry at the person you love. Yeah, which shows how much they love and care for each other, and which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all going to disagree with things that, that our spouses do, but at the end of the day, you, you still love them. And it's it, the question is, is it worth arguing about? <laughs> Ivy says, I love bearded Dave on my screen. Okay. Thomas says they both could not sing. <laughs> and the F and F they started sing- to sing again. It was going to drink some drugged wine. Okay. Takira says, <laughs> it's Thomas. Takira says the apocalypse. Thomas, you weren't going to go run into his trip wires. <laughs> if you say resource management <laughs> one more time, I'm going to run into your trip wires. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was so funny. Takira says, uh, the apocalypse also gave Daryl a better life than before. And Gabe and Eugene, if you ask me, Pivy says, TV shows could, could have no singing. Change my mind. Wait, you can't. Thomas says, speaking of John, there's a great John D t-shirt for sale on, on, until Saturday at Celtic TSO on Instagram. Check him out. There's a cool uh, Fear the Walking Dead dedication t-shirt that Thomas made. Takira says, yes, I need a JDR shirt. Pivy says, the apocalypse helped Daryl to finally get some. So there's that. True. says, <laughs> I said what I said. Takira says Bill, Bill too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the first time. That was amazing. Okay. He was he said he was with a girl a long time ago. Right. Really yeah. doesn't count. A long, long time ago. Right. A girl because he called it a girl and he is very, very old. I mm-hmm. mean, according to the show. So Takira says Bill being a badass, I knew he would make it through the that firefight, but damn, I was shocked when it wasn't him in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The switcheroo I did catch me off guard too. Walking Dead Eternal. What's up, dude? Yep, I thought the same thing. I, I thought Frank was just a bad Frank guy a at bad first guy. when he was in the dirt hole. I said, don't trust him. I was watching it with Rachel and I had myself muted and she's like, don't trust him. And I'm just sitting here like. I said, he's got douche face. Showed him. Showed him in his douchey face. <laughs> it's the TWD brain. You can't shake it. You just wow. can't shake it. Right. <laughs> It's true. No, I thought I thought the same alone thing. In there. What are you crazy? Stop it. <laughs> I'm I'm not as bloodthirsty as Rachel, but you know, I felt it. I felt it. I think we talked about that you in the video. You can't trust video. anyone in the apocalypse. I want to go back to Ellie in the basement of the convenience store, the Cumberland Farms, I think it was convenience store. You mean there was Bill's a mall store where he was hanging out with Ellie like like never mind, sorry. More parallels. That was Bill's oh, store. Oh, Bill's store. Bill's uh-huh. uh catching something from Fear of the Walking Dead. McNeil's bait and tackle. McNeil's bait and tackle, whatever. McNeil's bait and tackle. So in the basement, she sees the infected and I'm like sitting there watching the screen like a hawk both times. I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time I almost thought when Ellie has the knife out, she cuts the little swath across his uh, forehead, the infected's forehead. And you see all the like little mycelial bits underneath. That's fine. Cool. It's like fuzzy. But then there's this weird, almost like it feels like an understanding. And at one point i catch the infected i think and this is like one of those things where you think you see spooky beta shit and (laughs) i think i see the infected nodding i don't know if you saw that it almost felt like she was having some sort of like psychic conversation or like controlling him in a way like i I didn't want to use the you're not gonna i don't know i didn't get that at all what i got was earlier on in the series she asked joel you know you've killed a bunch of them and is it hard because you remember that they used to be people 
people. Good call. And that was yeah. what I got out of it. She was looking at it like, is this still a person? Am I going to feel bad about killing it? And then when she cut it and it didn't react or have any kind of... It wasn't like... Human, <sighs> yeah, it didn't have any kind of human reaction whatsoever. She was like, oh, no, it this was thing so, is not human. It was so creepy because it was like so dead in the eyes. That wasn't that was some quality was background s- acting, by yeah. the way. <laughs> was, why was it so like tired? We've seen like really fast ones, and like shouldn't it have been more like? Rah, 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 That's rah, why rah. I was like, is she like calming it with her mind, like some sort of weird Z Nation? I realize Murphy it was trapped, thing. but. <laughs> That's sort of what I was thinking, but not really mysteriously spooky. It hasn't been able to move or grow. And so like it's or just feed. eating on the inside of itself. Yeah. So it's it's getting weak. All it has to feed on is that human. But then we also saw like those dead dried out things too. Well, it was in I a basement. Know. So there must have been groundwater that seeps up. There could be rainwater that goes down too. So like, okay, there the water might be something. I, and th- I asked the same question in my notes. I said, well, Joel does say that the infected can last for a certain period of time you know like it could be uh could be a month could be uh, 20 years but then i was wondering okay what is the science of these things what makes them last as long as they do so i still have more questions too rich like how did that thing survive so long mm-hmm. without food because nobody's down there and there's no bones down there so that's it's just it's something to maybe because it's feeding on the human i mean i suppose it could have it could have collapsed fairly recently right right that's I, that's know, the only thing we I don't know think the of. time frame that it was trapped under there i thought it was strange that it wasn't more lungy and like like trying to get her more it did have like that one week yes that's what I was you know, that like, little yeah. twitch. Star, but that was that was what made me think that it's just weak. Maybe the mycelial has to like a muscle; it has to work. And if it's been atrophied that long, mm. you know, because like the ones that are out free, it can make them move around and the spores move. Fair. But maybe this one, like getting maybe exercise. this one is like atrophied or something. All of that actually lends to the fact that I feel like I'm I'm just keeping my eye on it. I feel like there was this weird. <laughs> and I did see the nod, like a, the infected nodded in a weird way. It almost looked down and nodded. So it could it could have just been anything. He could the infected was it like s- it's okay to kill me yeah right that that, that's what i got at, <laughs> what i'm alluding to is that like put me out of my misery so fellow half dead person who's uh, for some reason immune right. you know me i'm not gonna go down the route of saying that's what it means <laughs> that's what it, i'm not doing that i'm just saying i'm keeping my eye on these facts the more we move forward because of the first observation that's what it means first dave episode. Bridget's the conspiracy theory. It's not me. <laughs> I'm like partially with you because I feel like there's got to be. I'm partially with me something too. we're missing. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's got to be something that we're missing as far as Ellie. I'm not going to say abilities, but like, okay, yeah, right, she got right. bit and it, she's not being infected. So is she something in between? Also, right. we've never. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen any other children that were born during all of this. The one. Oh, I, the, wait. I guess the, the scratched kid. The, That's yeah. right. Okay, I was right. gonna say maybe it has something to do with her growing oh. up in. No, in no, no. I mean, Ellie. The, Ellie says she goes to school, so I'm sure there's other kids. We just didn't see them. Well, who was the battery okay. dealer, by the way? What was his name again? Jim. Uh, in the first battery episode, the, they were trying to get the battery from this dude, and he dies. He gets shot in the face by the fireflies. I thought oh. it was like Dale oh. or something. I don't know. Yeah, his know, two henchmen know. were born after the fall. They're 19. Okay, those are other two. Yeah. But okay. uh, actually, on that note, interestingly enough, she says I have a friend who played this game and knows all about it and there's this woman and she's accurate there's mm-hmm. there is a character in the game who open who is this friend that she knows that's older than 20 years old that's what i want to know 
<laughs> that's. I mean, could it be as simple as one of her I teachers? I assumed it was her mom. I assumed she was just it was a friend. She said of friend hers who was about the same age that maybe was just talking a lot of shit about knowing anything about the game or read about it in a magazine or something. Oh, she's fourteen. That's that's all I'm yeah. saying. It's just weird a little bit. It's, uh, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. It might I be also the, wonder if it might be the same person that wasn't in the mall with her. Right. Yeah. Right. I, that's what right. I was thinking too. It's definitely not her. And I hope it's not her. Well, if it was her, she would have said, oh, I used to play this, right? Like, but how old would she be? Would... How old is Ellie in the, in the show? 14. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that friend would have to be at least 12 years older than her. I want to say six years old. I'm giving the- Are the... you saying that the fungus has given her eternal youth, Dave? <laughs> I'm just saying, no. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is I that I think somebody would have noticed that whoever her friend <laughs> well, is what she uses at the I mean, show okay so there is a fungus in Oregon that is the largest living organism on earth and it's like 2,000 years old so possibly maybe it did give her eternal life <laughs> guys, guys all I'm I saying will... is I want to know who this friend is is this 12 yeah. years older friend and that's well, it and, <laughs> and I'm going to say like I do I feel like there's got to be a little bit more of a connection between Ellie and, and the infected I don't know what it is yet like you said Dave she was kind of staring for a while and I took it as just like curiosity she's a kid being curious a little bit more evidence to nail that down a little bit is that when the infected first sees her it perks up it does it thing like it tilts its head really quick and makes that squeaky sound right (laughs) but then instead of going crazy and maybe okay there's two reasons for this but maybe as she gets closer and just like we were saying about Tess not doing anything right not make giving it a reason to retaliate she gets closer it is calm she gets closer it is calm it's not like the walking see we have walking dead brain it's so Mm. as she gets closer she's not giving it a reason to to attack so that's why he's so docile or the infected is so docile that could be a reason the other reason could be spooky beta shit they have a connection anyway well maybe maybe it can sense that she's infected already kind of like the um okay green sprout that's a third reason okay right or no well no she is because the thing turned red on her Mm -hmm. also also the thing the things on its eye when it got really close i expected the the things on its face to like go towards her and they didn't out yeah yeah and i don't know if that's a thing or I was like, why aren't they reaching Those for her? Those fungus things that stick up remind me of the bug lady <laughs> on Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Mantis? Yeah. Man- Mantis. Yes, that's, that's her name. name. That's her name. Her little that's antennas going out of everybody's heads. Every time I see him, I'm like, Mantis looks like... <laughs> it is funny. Like, the one the one that you see that gets, like, blown up or whatever that Bill's, like, watching and it's got just got, like, that huge <laughs> <chunk> <laughs> little thing. I don't know why. It cracks me up. <laughs> 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 I feel like there were a couple of Parks and Rec shout outs going on in this episode, okay? Number one, when Bill goes to the Home Depot. Do you remember in Parks and Rec when Ron went to the Home Depot and the kid <laughs> asked him if he needed any help? And he's like, just look straight at him and goes, I know more than you. <laughs> so, Clearly, Bill then, knows the most. <laughs> that is 100% Ron Swanson. <laughs> then when Bill cooks his dinner and he sits, he's watching the monitor that where he's watching like the infected walk into his traps while he's eating dinner it made me think of um when leslie set up ron's birthday and she just gave him the steak and the whiskey in his office and set up the tv so he could watch the bridge on the river kwai and he's just eating his dinner and watching the being like yeah that's awesome you know and then he did the same thing and Mm -hmm. and also in the words he said it never gets old sounds like something ron would say never gets old (laughs) yeah it never gets old By the way, Bill's traps were the shit, man. Those yeah, were they were. Awesome. Yeah. Death traps by Bill. Yeah. <laughs> 
Alexandria could have used some of those. No right? shit. Right. Alexandria <laughs> right? could have used a bill. I'm just saying, yeah, Alexandria. We all need a bill. bill. Wait, before yeah. before we, we continue, I want to say hi to Mitchell. Hi, Mitchell. Hi. Hi, Mitchell. Hi, Mitchell. Okay, and he says, I really like this episode. Takira says it was my favorite one, too. Pi says, Eternal Youth Fungus, count me in. <laughs> Thomas says, Sharendy's internet has been affected by a fungus. It's true. You're frozen again, <laughs> Sharendy. Which which usually is like the countdown <laughs> when you get kicked off. Pi says, I thought she was just sitting very still. <laughs> Sharendy. <I'm> like, <laughs> you can hear me, though, right? Yeah, we can hear you just yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the All first right, time. Good. Thomas says, if they had only worn masks and flattened the curve. Okay. Thomas also says, Sharendy would have made an amazing venture. Triloquist. Thank you. <laughs> One of my many talents. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'm gonna they drink. were talking. They were talking earlier in the conversation about spores and like breathing them in because that's the concept in the game. Just going back to that one thing about the infected in the basement. Are they all infected in the game too? No, no, not technically. No. But maybe I don't know. But I will no. say I, I did appreciate no. the prosthetics. Right, so far, affirm no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you it's not true. <laughs> I I do appreciate the prosthetics on that one infected though. You go, like you said, you could see like the stamen and the whatever the all the little the places where the spores would be on the face and mm-hmm. uh and all the little details the yellowed yellowed eyes and stuff like that it was just really cool to get up close without being attacked and actually getting to see the visual details i thought rachel might appreciate that too just like all the little bits and bobs and stuff yeah i see all these different variations of the infected and i i, I asked Takira to send me a link because someone had like documented all the different i want to do a bunch of different masks oh cool because you already all the different yeah you already did, already um, did the clicker one the clicker mask right like on the, your the fully like face blown clicker mask yeah yeah head to looks that kill me on instagram is that right mm-hmm. okay yeah you can yeah. check that out and I, on tiktok and on tiktok that's right you do have i a am on account. the tiktok mm-hmm. uh, but i wanted to connect something there to near the end of the episode when you see old frank and bill and frank is struggling to paint bill and i didn't notice this the first time but Ooh. on the second watch yeah it's it's rough to watch and you're focusing more on the fact that frank's having a hard time but doesn't bill in the in the watercolor painting kind of look like what an infected would look like the streaks kind of going to the side kind of like the mushroom streaks from the face sort of i just thought that was kind of interesting i didn't notice it at first when i watched that scene i just thought that even with the lack of articulation in his hands it still was such a beautiful painting no like i, I loved i loved that like detail on the right side and the way that his hand had shaken across the canvas I, there was just something really beautiful about it. Oh yeah, totally. I was just commenting on the on the fact that some infected look like that. They're like streaks of fungus going across the face horizontally. In the very final shot, when they pull back in the room, one of his paintings is hanging on the wall. One of his paintings of Bill, and it it's it's just amazing the detail they put into the set decoration. If you go yeah. back and watch again, look at how the house changes throughout the years. All those paintings too, like, like the different all the kinds. paintings change, the colors in the house change, pop everything in the house changes over those 20 years and the attention that they paid to the set detail was amazing there were some paintings of people that i didn't recognize too and i w- i wanted to go back during my second watch and pay closer attention to some of these paintings because i don't know if maybe they're like video game shout outs or if they're characters that we will meet in the future but they Good were point. definitely people that that we hadn't seen yet yeah mostly um still life like vegetables and <laughs> and gardens inside the gazebo painting i saw also that was pretty cool yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we should have t- most of it's Bill, really. To be to be honest, yeah, a lot of them Bill are, are is just everywhere. Bill. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, those blues, those baby blues. But Sharon, you're totally uh, right. The house went from sepia, effectively. I happen to be a guy who lives in this house that was my mother's. And then it goes to this, like, it's mine and Frank's house. It changes mm-hmm. on the inside, but by the end. And I'm not even talking about just when Joel and Ellie come, but the last few years of it, the outside of the house is super weathered. Yeah, it's Like, true. it hasn't, mm-hmm. they didn't paint it. As two older dudes, it would probably be difficult to go find the paint <laughs> and then do and paint that big ass house but i'm true, just saying while true. they while they did change everything on the inside on the outside it remained the same i'd like to think it was one of frank's compromises to bill we have to make it look like nobody lives here <laughs> it's like also we're getting old as shit so you know we gotta cut our <laughs> yeah, losses <fair. laughs> like bill finally got something is what i'm saying <laughs> it's like can we just leave it that would be a super difficult job to sand and paint that house like yeah. for real that would be a lot of work Yeah, because you got to scrape and then repaint you can't just paint over i mean you can but you have to have the right paint as well. We have to have paint with primer. On the note of that though, something I actually saved for you, Sharon Day, I thought you would have appreciated in a weird kind of way, that neighborhood. Each and every house or property I should say, and the different areas of that town had a date, a circa date. And I thought that was kind of cool for Mm -hmm. you because I know you're big into history. Like Bill's house is circa 17. uh, Let me just see what it was. I I wrote it down. Did you notice that the name of the town is Lincoln? Lincoln. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. There was like an Applewood Mm -hmm. house and stuff like that. each house has a different name basically it was called lincoln though the town yeah the town's mm-hmm. called lincoln, lincoln massachusetts 1793 yeah i'm so. wondering because like when we show them rounding everybody up in the town like i'm wondering if it was is this like a little tourist history town or obviously it, it was like people lived there because they were rounding up all the people there yeah, um, yeah. that were that they found in the mm-hmm. field later well, and the, yeah they mass graving them later because like joel says <laughs> there wasn't any room there are some communities historical communities that have to keep according to historical society mm-hmm. have to put the circa dates on their properties and keep it up. St. Augustine. <laughs> there you go. St. Augustine, Florida is one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was emblematic of that. And I thought you would appreciate that more than anybody else because you love that sort I mean, as I annoying as it is, I'm sure. Like, like I thought you would appreciate that more than anybody else. <laughs> I look out for you. <laughs> I, I did want to focus though on the door itself, the spray paint on the door, because maybe we could uh, brain source this one. Uh, the spray paint does say 930, which is obviously the date, September 30th, three days after the fall. And then there's a number on the left of the X and it's 31.01. I don't know what that means, but we'll go back to it. The next one on the right of the X is NE, which could be something. And at the bottom, it says zero A. Is this all on one spray paint? Yeah. The red spray paint on his dark door. Okay. This is an X and the numbers are in the X. Yeah. In the quadrants of the X. Okay. That's how FEMA would notate how many dead bodies there were in a building. Uh, Zero alive. There we go. Zero alive. Okay. Okay. Walking Dead Eternal says, I could see Daryl seeing these infected in the spinoff show. Yeah, could be something similar. Takira says that could be a good change or addition. Pivy says, how is it that Daryl spinoff going anyway? If he's wearing a beret and going, oh, I will riot. I got the chart. Okay. So what did it say? There's an X at the top quadrant of the X is mm-hmm. 930. That's which the, is date. the date. The yeah. date. Uh, on the left, it says 31.01. Okay. So that's the rescue team identifier. Okay. Cool. Thank you. So who searched the house? Yes. Okay. For us, they would be things like DEA for like Drug Enforcement Agency, or it would say 1-162, which is 1st Battalion of the 162nd Infantry Oregon National Guard. Okay. Or whatever. Okay. So then the right would be NE is not No entry. It says hazards present is what that stands for. That was one of my guesses. (laughs) So- 
Rachel, shake it hands. can say it can say any for no entry. It can say rats in all capital. It can say rats. EXT or EX, which means exterior surveyed, or it can say F slash W, which is food or water. Oh, okay. okay. What does the zero A mean at the bottom? Zero A, so number of live or and dead victims found in the structure. Zero live. Zero live. You got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Zero is nobody's found. So on that note, one thing that is easily taken taken for granted is that Fedra is a thing right away, which <laughs> makes Bill super right. In the mm-hmm. evac sequence of the people that are eventually mass graved, Fedra is a thing right away. Right away! Well, yeah, it's the Federal, Federal Disaster right. Response right. Agency. So, Do we have uh, that FEMA. in life? Right. Mm-hmm. So so if this game is based on reality, I well, maybe. Well, Fedra is just I FEMA. It's just FEMA. It's just, they didn't want to call it FEMA. Hey, hmm. here's this game with all these bad guys called FEMA. So next time you have a hurricane, make sure you call them. No, that's, that's, it's just really interesting because they could have said FEMA and eventually they could have said, oh, FEMA eventually became what is now known as FEDRA. But they did FEDRA right away. Their uniforms had FEDRA. They had a whole patch situation going on. I just thought that was interesting to note. I, I'm not saying this or that. No, what I just I'm saying is that's, kind of that's this universe's <laughs> version of FEMA. Because in maybe, the game universe, maybe. they don't want to call it FEMA. Just that's just bad <laughs> practice when they're right. bad guys. We, we don't have a Fedra. Like they made <laughs> up a specific name for an agency because they don't want to get tried for treason. <laughs> because it would okay. be it, it would well, be I mean, bad for young people to think that FEMA is an evil entity. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. You know what? Actually, that that's an interesting pin to drop because in two, 2013, how long after that was Katrina? Katrina. Was it was two years after Katrina? I thought I thought it was in 08, was it? Oh wait, okay. Well it's not that long after, and people were still talking about it for years after that. I wanted to drop a pin in that because I mean this par- could partially be in response to I'm sorry, to it that. was in 05. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, and we also had like FEMA disasters throughout the better part of a decade from 05 to, to 15, didn't we? With the tornadoes in the South and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And relief not coming. Texas had that flood as well. And people weren't being helped quickly enough, except for the locals. Locals take what you need, leave, leave what you don't and stuff like that over the years. I'm saying this because it would make sense that you'd want to kind of trash FEMA without saying it's FEMA because of all this. <laughs> just It's just me kind of spitballing. Maybe you're right, Sharon D. How do say that the federal government is fucking dumb without explicitly calling them out like Bridget just said well we'd be tried for treason if like I mean that was an exaggeration but you don't want to besmirch the federal government they're the guys in charge yeah right you I guys thought, do a great job great job don't and come for me you're awesome I'm channeling my best bill I'm channeling my best bill exactly I thought that we that's my favorite line I thought that I thought that we were in charge I thought we were in charge <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> spoken like Hilarious. a libertarian. Right? I know, I know. Takira says every time I think of Daryl's spinoff, I just imagine the Walker snarling with a French French accent, and I die laughing. <laughs> now I need David to do a, a Walker snarl in a zombie ex in a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a movie. Ew. How does a how does a walker like, snarl no, no, in a French it, accent? Like, 
Okay, that, yes, was, that was awesome. <laughs> that's like that's a last the last of our coverage of uh, the Walking Dead Daryl Dixon essentially. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Let me see. David, no, don't do it. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I mentioned this before, but I, re- I really enjoyed how apocalyptic this episode was, Takira says. But now she's laughing at the... <laughs> <laughs> when we cover that Daryl spinoff, that should be the intro. <laughs> it should be Sharon D's version, actually, not yeah. what I just did. Yeah, that was too funny. Okay, fine. We, we put that one to bed. I was just trying to make a Bill funny because Fedra being already in existence right from the jump is like, oh, Bill's right. Okay, Bill, they... It's it's a plandemic. <laughs> plandemic. A plandemic? <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps unfurling, doesn't it? I can't believe they made it 20 years and didn't kill each other first. Hence the game. <laughs> I think right? the game's probably more closer to reality. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, and I had a moment to think of it. He stole my battery! <laughs> Fuck that guy! Yeah, I, I had a moment to think about that, and, and it must have been interesting to see gamers watch that scene and be like, oh, this is it, this is the moment, this is this is where it all goes down. And then in the end, it's just a, just a quarrel, love, lover's quarrel. Typical yeah, married person's I argument. was waiting. Yeah, when he comes out, Frank's like, fuck you! And they're arguing, I was like, it's happening, it's happening! <laughs> like, I was like, this is it. I did get kind of excited, and then it didn't go that right, way at exactly. all. It was fine. Because so, yeah. I'm trying to put myself in the gamer mindset, right? It's like, okay, where is it? Oh, this is the moment, right? There's another thing we have to link back to the first episode, and that's where did Joel get the pills from? The hydrocodone. Bill. Not Georgia, the Georgia facility. He got it from Bill. Oh, I was thinking the other no, way I was around. Thinking he got I was them thinking from Bill. Bill got them from Joel. Right. Yeah. Bill got the pills from yeah. Joel. Bill got the pills from Joel. Do you know why that's yeah. not the case? They had a whole pharmacy to themselves in that town that wasn't picked clean. It would be. It would make more sense that they got it. And the crushed Don't you pills. think Fedra would have taken all that? Right. Well, he because, only cleared out the city. Because Joel, Joel was like, we have things that you need that you can't get here. And that's because Fedra cleaned everything out when they left. There's a line in the first episode, I need the bag back. And you see the ba- the same bag that Bill is dumping into Frank's glass. It can't be because Joel has the bag in episode one and mm. Frank and Bill are dead before that. Oh, no, I'm, not dead. Saying, I'm not saying it's the same bag, but I just thought it was interesting that it, it's the same type of bag, at least, or something to that effect. Yeah, it's what drug Because Bill got it from Joel. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hey, Bridget, can you expand? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I am just saying that that's an assumption. Some sports bros would buy. <laughs> Why don't you read that comment down? Pi says, when the apocalypse strikes, first you visit the pharmacy with a great big bag, then you get some sports bras. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. I, I guess we could see it one true. way or the other, but where would have Joel... See, I'm basing it on the soldiers' comments. Where would Joel have gotten it from? Right? Atlanta. Would it, where he, would it be where the he Georgia, said he did. Uh, Atlanta, it, where it, he gets all the stuff he was smuggling in, all the drugs he was smuggling. It didn't feel like that, because had he gotten it from Atlanta, he probably would have said so. But it didn't seem like he even- was... Didn't seem like I don't was... think that even if there was a fully stocked pharmacy in that little town, it would have lasted 20 years. Yeah. Drugs Why not? don't last that long. Because no, pills, there's pills a shelf life on drugs. Years. Yeah. Right. I mean, prescriptions. That's, that's... <laughs> They're 90% effective for 20 years. Exactly. Just so See, you know. Bridget knows all about pharmaceuticals. It depends on I what do, it is. I do because... <laughs> 
because I listen to a lot of prepping. So right, anyway, that's it. depends on what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the ticket. I was thinking. This- that's where I learned that, Dave. <laughs> the government's full of Nazis. It's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to actually ask you guys, because there may be different reasons for this. Where did Bill get the testing equipment? Pew, pew. From Joel? <laughs> from, from the <laughs> Not th- they weren't in a relationship yet. It was four years after the fall. Oh, this was before. You're pew, right. This was before. Pew pew. I don't know what you're saying. Would you? I know what you mean. He took care of the them. Fedra Dave. people. Okay. He ran into some Fedra guy and he stole his. <laughs> Use thing. your words. Or maybe a Fedra like stumbled. <laughs> I thought pew pew through, covered yeah. it. Walked through a thing. That's true. Okay. Okay. I just thought we would have seen more of that action if that's the case, right? Because even Frank goes, "Where did you get that from?" It's entirely possible that a Fedra dude got bitten and turned mm-hmm. and then ran mm. into one of Bill's traps and he got it More off of that guy. One. Yeah, oh. okay. True, true. I was thinking the mass grave and that would affirm my pandemic uh, comments. <laughs> oh, they had the testing kits already three days later. Hmm. And they're called Fedra already? Okay, anyway. I'm being stupid. Don't take me serious. Wow. You have serious faces <laughs> right now. I'm totally. Kidding. Dave's even becoming a little too crazy for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i jest i jest you guys i do love conspiracy but theories but i t- like don't to curious as i never get rid of prescriptions neither do i i'm terrible i have like i have like eye drops from when i had like a an eye infection that are still in three fridges later that i've moved <laughs> think of all the fish you're denying the eye to the, the what to <laughs> 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 fish. fish just want to get stoned yeah they just want to get yeah. high oh right gotcha thomas is how long are tampons good for buddy (laughs) two weeks (laughs) okay that's not true i mean sure the the, the plastic could have degraded around them but the cotton is still there right and they're still in like in their semi sort of airtight containers ish sort of situation i don't know nothing about them is airtight but it's fine that's that's why i wasn't sure i don't open tampons on a regular basis so i don't know i know that absolutely nothing about it is airtight (laughs) it's like it's like they don't even care and you stick it in your body so there's good luck with that right Thank God spores aren't a real thing in this scenario because that that would have been spored but up. My mycelials are so, ooh. and there's there's a string in there. Anyway, let's keep going. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, surprised, oh. I surprised myself with I that. Can't one. edit that out either. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thomas said Dave buys vacuum sealed tampons. Yeah, only the only the best for me wherever that goes. He preps them. <laughs> He has his vacuum sealer and he <laughs> buys them and immediately takes them out and vacuum seals them. For a rainy for a rainy day. <laughs> so rain isn't what you need to be looking out for. Right on cue. It's called Aunt Flo, Dave. Flo, precipitation. <laughs> the crimson wave is the crimson tide. I'm riding the crimson wave or whatever. I did want to also note, Bill the Prepper is also keto. Eventually, he makes toast for Frank, but he's a steaks and veggies kind of guy. So I thought that was because we had talked about like the whole keto thing. Well, can't trust the flour, Dave. I was thinking, wouldn't wouldn't all bread be a danger (laughs) now? Wouldn't all things made with flour be a danger? Where are they even getting flour? 
part of part of the whole reason, and Joel kind of explains it, is that is the pre-processed plants. It gets smuggled in. If you do the bread yourself, you have more control over the process. So when he says, "Go make me some toast," he's really just <laughs> he's like, "Kill me now." A slab of <laughs> put a slab of meat. <laughs> it's, it's two thin slices of charred meat. With meat in the middle. Is that, is that like the KFC sandwich that the, the bread was two chicken Oh, breasts? that chicken thing. Oh, my God. Yes. It's called the double down. The and heart it is attack sandwich. Delicious. Let's move yeah. on. I do take a little bit of issue with the idea that every infected item came out in the whole world on the same day. And that's how everybody got infected. So say you made pancakes that morning. Chances are you had that pancake mix in your house for at least a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not like you yeah. went out and bought if it you're that in my day. house, yeah. 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 So like the idea that everybody was infected the same day because all the food hit the shelves on the same day. Okay. Like, I don't buy that, but I'm, I am, I was, I'm like, this slide like whatever i I'm, I'm not gonna nitpick too much on that but i was like eh. but about like cereals and like oatmeals and you know what i thought of though they make those cookies in the first episode and they're oatmeal raisin and that's why sarah doesn't eat them because she wanted chocolate right. chip i mean she died anyway but that probably saved her life yeah, what? Yeah. i wrote but that in did, the blog but temporarily but did the lady go <laughs> yeah. buy the flower that day? for a second that cookie flower was probably in her house for a very long time so why would it have been the infected i'm just saying there had to be like a decent fraction of the people who did go grocery shopping that day and did use what they bought and maybe it was only that percentage of people who got infected and then turned and then in turn started biting people how did the substrate that caused it hit jakarta and england and the united oh, states and south it. america oh, well, on the yeah. same day because those are very distant places and shipments and it's going to take time to travel time. yeah and well, they don't go the, on yeah. the shelves immediately fair so like, well, it's not it's I, not about the same my... day it, it probably yeah. it's it was probably over a short period of time where they were making the grain and only then because you're talking about the the amount of time it takes to make it then for that particular person who has that particular mutation to turn quote unquote and then for that mutation to turn bite someone else then mutate further to start infecting others and then by the time you go down the line the flower made in jakarta is still not going to hit american shelves in the three days in between that time it's not even about the day it's about over a long period of time but i was thinking though how you must know, or I don't know, you might not know because whatever, people have lives and do things. <laughs> if the last three years has taught us anything is that our supply chain is very, very stupid, <laughs> especially in the US where yeah. we've outsourced so much farming across the globe to get our fresh, quote unquote, fruits that are really dirt cheap. We go to places like Indonesia and Honduras, China for a lot of our veg for our fruits and vegetables that are off season. It's crazy how much we rely on that supply chain. So to me, <laughs> to have that take hold because we need so much to keep this country going because it's not only just about what's in store-bought items. It's about restaurants buying things in bulk from bread manufacturers who buy flour in bulk and to have all those prepared foods go out on the same day. For people who are on the go even, that's where you have to be worried more. Not the stuff on the store shelves as much as stuff that's bought in bulk. So that, to me, it's really, really plausible given how fucked our supply chain is in the US at least.
taste totally passes the smell test, especially what we're still going through right now as a result of this, our own pandemic. It's not a critique. It's just a fact of- I mean, eggs, am I right? right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm just saying they specifically say that it starts on Friday and and by Monday, everything's gone. So that's a really short period of time. I'm I'm just saying. I'm not, I don't care. I really don't care about the logistics because I love the show and I don't give a shit. I'm just saying- No, 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 I understand. That was not really, really possible. But think of it, think of it even this way. It slowly taking to the point where it takes only days for somebody to get infected. And then now we're here 20 years later and a bite takes hours, depending on where on the body you are bitten. So it has mutated. It's kind of like The Walking Dead. Maybe people were walking around it in their gut for a really, really long time. And only then did somebody get sick enough to want to bite someone. Thomas says, wouldn't growing strawberries in dirt be a risk? (laughs) He says with many question marks. (laughs) Tagir says, I think I want to try that steak toast. (laughs) Laughing my ass off. Pivy says, I have some spice jars that are old enough to vote. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm with you. I've never had food from Jakarta. I want to now. You know, I like your style. Not a real selling point for me, but okay. <laughs> Killer soundtrack this episode. Mm, yeah. Top I notch. Fleetwood Mac, right? Uh, Cream. Linda Rockstat, man. Well, I was building up to that. <laughs> okay. Fleetwood Mac, Cream was in this one Cream. too. White Room. Yeah. And then of course, Linda Ronstadt. I was going to get the lyrics for some of these songs, but I know that we wouldn't have time to really mm. examine it so much. No, the only other thing that I noticed, and we talked about it already, is that Bill and Frank would have been dead for a couple weeks just based on what Joel had said with the countdown every couple weeks. And then the song played roughly at the time that they left. Do do we have a span of time from when they left till they reached Bill and Frank's house? I wasn't Mm, quite sure, but it was enough to have a thin film of dust, I think. So maybe a couple weeks is legit. Well, the the date on the letter was August 30th, 2023. So there Mm -hmm. there, 20 years later. So it's it's been maybe a month, a couple of weeks to a month. Could have been a month. Yeah. If the show is doing that poetic justice thing where it's September 26, 2003, was what Joel says in the show. Yeah, it could have been a month. That's That would be interesting. <laughs> By the way, okay. when she's reading the letter and she reads the part where he's like, uh, blowing up all the guys with my traps. Traps? Crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> On the note of the songs, though, I did want to kind of go into just the the Linda Ronstadt song, just thinking about it and having that argument about taking poetic liberties and poetic justice on certain things. I felt like the song was almost a response to the game and the way it goes down in the game, how Bill never really got in the game, really got that love, let's say. And this was him getting that love. It was almost like a communication between the show and the game. I'm going to I'll read what I wrote exactly. This episode response to the game and how Bill never got to have this this story, this growing old and dying together in somebody's arms story. This version of Frank comes along to change that. And I thought that was an interesting way of a song communicating that to the game in a way. Did you by chance find out what year that song came out? Because I know the, the songs and the decades that they came out was part of their signal their code, their code. Yeah. yeah oh that's a and i just code. wonder what year that particular song being came out. linda ronstadt i would say the 70s late 70s or early 80s yeah we know the 80s was trouble 1970 okay and On we know the, the 80s 80s was trouble oh, yeah 70s was new and stock 70s was new stock new stock and 60s was nothing 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 okay. going on all clear yeah Mm-hmm. Okay, because Cream, The White Room by Cream came out in 68. 60. That was mm-hmm. a 60s decade song. Mm-hmm. And Fleetwood and it was 70s, playing, right? And it was playing, if I'm right, if I remember right, before he met Frank. The Fleetwood Mac was playing when he was getting all the stuff, right? When he was going around through the neighborhood getting stuff. That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Cream was four years later. Putting stuff together. Cream was the four years later when he's going Went to Right before Depot. he meets 
Yeah, right before, before he meets, he Frank. meets yeah. Frank. Okay, yeah. all right. He goes to the gate sense. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember the him going through gate. the gate, and I'm like, "Oh, this mm. song!" I like, like where you're thinking this though. Song. I like where you're thinking though, Rach. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. When I looked up the year that the song was released, there's some articles down below it. Well, all of them are saying essentially Linda Ronstadt streams sore after this episode aired, <laughs> just like in of course. And, it's, and they're saying it's reminiscent of the Kate Bush yeah, revival exactly that happened because of Stranger Things. I've already seen it uploaded on YouTube like three times with scenes from the show on it. So yeah. It's, it's now they're going to remix it and put it back on the radio. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I kinda... like this song. I did not like running up that hill. Oh, I love Kate. I like I the original song. I like no, the I... original. I didn't like what they turned it into. I like the update, actually. I like the you update. Do? I like the original. I like yeah. the original so much I like... better. It's refined. It's I like I'm a, I'm an audiophile. Like the 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 bass and drum is a little bit more refined. I I, I dig it. I dig it. But like really, I like the original here too. I hope they remix this one. Uh, <laughs> I was a bigger fan of the Cream song in this episode than I was the Linda Ronstadt. Oh, I'm Fox actually looking the Fleetwood. About time Linda Ronstadt okay. gets some recognition. <laughs> no, I agree. And what's interesting about that is that she was asked in, in her in her old age whether she stayed unmarried and unhitched because most people suspect that she was a lesbian, and it turns out she was. I thought that had a little bit of interplay. I, I looked very briefly at her history about that, having that being chosen as the song and maybe the, th- the theme song of many people who were questioning or trying to figure out who they were. I thought that's very interesting. And to link that song to Bill was on point. Like a person who never thought this, especially when the world ended, never thought this could be something for him. So I thought that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Again, this is one of the things that got me the most is that first kiss too. At the Home Depot, right? That's when the Fleetwood Mac song comes on. Oh, I'm coming home. Okay. It's when he's going around getting the boat and the gas and all that stuff, which is it also is a not, scene that I, I'm, also I'm a scene I love. Stay, yeah. I love that scene too. 1968. I got it. Released 1968. So nothing. That's interesting until uh, Frank comes along. <laughs> essentially. Okay. Cool. Let's read some of the comments. Curious sidebar. It was minus 10 degrees when I woke up today in Minnesota. I wanted to leave Earth and get closer to the sun. Pipe says to Kira in Fahrenheit. <laughs> Because she's from Finland. Pivy's from Finland. There's a competition of the coldest place on earth. And uh, you, t- you two are competing because damn, 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 it gets cold in Minnesota. One observation, when, when Joel was across the table from Bill, I had thought that the whole time my walking dead brain thought, oh, Frank's like, Bill, put that gun away. And Bill wants to make it very clear he has the gun on Joel. But the whole time Joel has that one arm that's underneath the table. And I was wondering if he had a gun pointed at Bill the whole time. And did you guys feel that at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't. Because I thought it sense. was crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah, was, I didn't I was think little, that, but that does make maybe, sense. Maybe not pointed at him, but he had his hand on like, it. Like right underneath it. It felt like, yeah, like his hand was like on his holster. That's but like, what I, 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 I was almost upset that we didn't see that reveal like oh i had one too and then put it on the table and be like you're such a jokester joel we can help each other out and get that gun out of my face (laughs) (laughs) i love that the writing on the show is just fucking stellar (laughs) i like okay pivy says half the stream is dave looking for something it's 100 (laughs) true i'm looking at different versions of us uh brian says you guys probably covered this but did anyone get Carl Grimes vibes when Ellie was in the Cumberland Farms. I can dig that. No, Brian, because oh. I was getting John and June vibes because they were in the store. So, sorry. It oh, okay. Carl. That's fair. It's like a pudding episode. <laughs> exactly. Stay in the house. 
Stay in the house, Ellie. <laughs> Yell if you see something. Only, only in instead house, of Ellie. putting, she gets tampons. It's a little less inviting. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. I hope it doesn't bite. Damn, women, the <laughs> women get the short end of the fucking stick again. Paul gets tam- pudding. Ellie gets fucking tampons. How is that fair? <laughs> I don't know. Get what you need. Which oh, another thing was she grabs. Excuse me. She doesn't need pudding. (laughs) I need need pudding. pudding. (laughs) All right. I'll concede that point. Uh, Sharon actually says she's from Australia. By the way, Sharon from Australia says hi on Facebook. Hi, Sharon from Australia. She's been listening to us for the longest time. By the way, that's another song you can. Um, isn't it like for the nine in the morning in Australia? That's right. Well, depending on where she is, I could be ten or it was almost ten actually, depending where she is either way it's tomorrow yeah in either way it's in the future she's oh in the God, future right in now the future what happened tell me my future <laughs> what is tomorrow like oh brian says it felt like han solo and greedo when they were at the tape that's what i was saying like oh yeah Han yeah. shot first. When he said, get that gun out of my face, I lost it. I didn't <laughs> know how, how they kept a straight face doing that scene. The makeup job they did on Anna Torv, either <laughs> in the before, Jesus. either in the before or the after. Like, I don't, I don't know like if they if they aged her up earlier, if they like younged her down for this episode, but man, they did a really great job with it. Yeah, I think if you see photos of Anna Torv, they might have aged her up in the prior episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Takira called me out on for the longest time because of the song. I love that song. Thomas says, you get a tampon, you get a tampon you get a tampon <laughs> everyone gets tampons because you didn't say it right yeah, do it better is there a right way to, okay yes don't there's do one it. way one way to say it <laughs> like oprah i know i get the reference <laughs> it's pipe says get your tampons well, out you of my pudding do it right <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> For me, being in Massachusetts, Brian's from Massachusetts, seeing Cumberland Farms brought back memories. I think they previously aged her up. Anybody have anything else they want to say in particular? No, I commented on the music. It was fantastic, this episode. So is Frank's gaydar. Yeah, he, he kind of took a chance there, right? Yeah, he, like he, was, he was reading the room. <laughs> A little bit, like, without reading the room. Because nothing about Bill... But to be fair, he was really good at reading people. He was able to read Bill from the beginning in, like, everything. Bill is a very stoic person, so... And apparently Tess over the radio. Mm, mm-hmm. Good point. I liked the... We got to see a little bit of their friendship. It was really sweet. They were both very excited. It was cute to see, like, hope mm. for the future. <laughs> He's like, we're gonna have friends, and I'm gonna invite them over, and we're gonna have tea. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was cute. It was adorable. I loved it. (laughs) Isn't that so like a marriage though too? Because yes, and in the beginning you think and Bill's like. <laughs> no, I'm more specifically talking about he says he says Frank says something very specific and I really loved it. He says paying attention to things is how we show love. And isn't it like so crazy? They they're already four years together in 2007 when they have this argument. Four years in, you kind of start creaking into your relationship. You start having those dumb arguments because you're really starting to let each other have it, like in terms of knowing who you are. But you still think you have so much time. And then later on, we when we get 10 years later and the Raiders come, you start to feel that that there's not enough time. And I'm kind of getting to the 10 year point in my marriage. And after watching The Sandman on Netflix, watching The Walking Dead always, I, I am starting to feel my mortality. Something that Bill says later on is like, I wasn't afraid until I met you. Now I have somebody that I want to be taken care of when I go. And I, f- I feel that. to lose now. 
Stop it, Dave. I'm. Uh, we're not going to do not gonna this do again. I, but it, you, what you said really got in my head. <laughs> Last thing I think I might have is I don't think Bill has ever laughed like that in his entire life as much as right after he ate those strawberries with Frank. That little <laughs> kind of laugh. <laughs> the second time around, I really appreciated it a lot more because like this little Ron Swanson giggle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I loved the little like. I was like, not on the strawberries. It was Ron Swanson uh-huh. laughing at little Sebastian. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was. was. Yeah. But I really felt that in this whole episode, he co- he goes from like really, really tense, bow-legged cowboy in an animation to like trying to keep up running <laughs> with Frank, and then all of a sudden having the strawberry and seeing him laugh for the first time. It was everything that I needed from this episode. That I didn't know I needed, and just to see the passage of time and being able to see a life where you make certain choices. Yeah, seeing that life lived, and then seeing Bill make the choices and relenting to go against his nature to do something uncharted that he's never done before and taking a chance opens up that door of possibilities. And then what I said in the argument about the show not carbon copying the video game is that you need these things so that first of all, the audience buys when Joel comes around, but you need to buy that Joel needs to buy that something like this is possible for him. You still do get the imagery of first of all, his watch. Yes, it's broken because it was shot at. There's two holes, right? (laughs) Ellie's playing with the grandfather clock and and the the time, the, the handle I think it was the minute handle falls off. So like, it's about time resuming. It's about letting your life resume from once it stopped, like a real life. Thomas also says on the chat, do the laugh again, Dave. <laughs> like, okay. Takira. <laughs> it's it's great. Isn't it great? Takira says, I haven't watched any of these episodes twice yet. I think I think of waiting for a binge at the, I have to actually admit something in response to that. Takira says, yes, do the laugh again, Dave. Do a French accent in the alpha voice. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Thomas says, oh be sure to buy the tampon package at the camp. Wah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Takira says, was I the only one wondering how they got the cars stacked up? You know, that's a good point, but I'm sure they had earth mover point. equipment. Bill went to the local construction yard and picked up like instead an earth of mover? A, instead of a bucket on the front, it has like the pallet spikes. thing. Yeah, like a pallet it, like, mover. Picks up pallets. It went and got a yeah. big ass pallet mover and that's all you need, right? A pallet mover. Sure, a forklift. No, yeah, a forklift is It's like like an industrial version of it. It's like a big industrial, yeah, a big industrial yeah. version of one. Which I think <laughs> they, I think they have certain attachments on garbage trucks that allow you to do that. For tractors, there are certain implements you can get mm-hmm. like that different attachments yeah, right different attachments yeah <laughs> like a vacuum a- attachment but for tractors yeah. well that's what i was saying before like how yeah, swiss army tractor <laughs> that's what it's called yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, totally. garbage trunks, trucks in New York City's New York City are outfitted with plows and salting equipment too. So it's like it's the same general idea. <laughs> Thomas is forklift or backhoe. Uh, What'd you call me? <laughs> backhoe. That, exactly. Is it? Uh, <laughs> take your Never take mind. your pick. Forklift or backhoe. <laughs> Just say it real fast. You'll get it. <laughs> forklift her backhoe. Uh, <laughs> Backhoe is another name for strawberry. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's another package at the camp. (laughs) The backhoe package. Exactly. (laughs) Man, things are getting a little spicy at the camp. Uh, Oh, oh, I did want to drop this one thing. I'm so sorry about marriage equality. We had talked about it in the reaction video and I got some of the facts down because the apocalypse happens in 2003. We don't get some of the landmark cases that make marriage equality possible because at the end, near the end of their lives, the last day, Frank wants to get married. Supreme Court advanced marriage equality through key decisions in the 2013 Hollingsworth v. Perry, which opposed 2008's Prop 8 in California, which had no legal standing. Then June 26, 2015, Supreme Court decision Oberger. Fell v. 
Hodges in a landmark 5-4 decision, basically ratified, basically I say, ratified gay marriage across the nation. See what a difference 20 years makes. 20 years makes a huge, huge difference in, in certain things in our lives. And I thought they were denied that, which is, we had asked the question, why didn't they get married sooner? And it's like, you know, old habits die hard. You don't really think about that that's a possibility. Just like Bill with love, you don't think that's a possibility for you for so long. It just doesn't occur to you when you're living your life with that one person. And right? not only that, but you're living your life together. The marriage aspect isn't that important, but at the end, exactly. they both wanted it. So they made right. it happen. Yeah, and it just makes sense. Just like my own marriage, it just was like, oh, I guess that, that makes sense. Let's just do it. Sure. Shouldn't all decisions be that easy, right? Like a membrane you pass through. Oh yeah. Oh, suddenly we're married. Great. That makes sense. Oh, what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> should should all be like that. On the note of what Tikira said earlier about how she she doesn't think she's going to wa- rewatch the show until the end when she can binge it. I have to actually make an admission that I admitted on Twitter recently and that's I have not watched The Walking Dead's last episodes Talking Dead. I have not watched it once actually. We tried to, but it was a bit distracting. Yeah, I haven't watched it actually either. I haven't either. So you you guys too? That's uh-huh. amazing. I, I don't want it. I don't want it. So I, I, I do like, though. I do, but I, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm not a Okay, yeah, not I okay. We're not, we're not talking cry. about a. It's coming back. Don't worry so about it. Why don't we? I think we should figure out a why time. Why don't we? Nothing. We, <laughs> no, no, no. I want to. Yeah, yeah. Shut it. I don't want to do it with you guys. Okay, that <laughs> sounded weird. I want to watch it with you guys. That's what I want to do. I, Maybe at camp. I'm not talking about it. Okay, now, I just figured people should okay. know. And I thought I was going to be the crazy one. I'm and it turns cry out you guys, anyway, so we might as you guys well. are just as crazy as me. I don't want to cry. I so just I'm like, avoiding it because I don't want to cry. None of you watched me. <laughs> <laughs> like no, right? Watch talking to no, I saw you. I went back and watched the clip here. Uh, I did. Uh, what? Oh, I saw the the screenshot of you, but I didn't Bridget see didn't, the actual episode. Didn't we decide that you and I were not in it? Ultimately, we were, we were not. not. Bri- Brian was. Brian, okay. Brian was. Mm-hmm. We did all the things, and then they didn't uh, end up using Brian us. Was, Brian was in it. Takira was in it. Jamie and Joe, um, was Jamie Joe in Jamie, it? Destiny was Jamie in there? No, Jamie was in the Generation Dead with me. Oh, Jamie. J- yeah, Jamie Lee was in Jamie there. Joe. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie Joe. Jamie Joe. Right. Jamie Hogan. Jamie Joe. Destiny was in there too. With that, everybody, thank you for coming to the second live stream we had this week on the subject of the of the walking dead the last of us episode three titled long long time the better one because i'm here yeah obviously (laughs) and if you like what you've heard head over to rate so rude no it's it's perfectly (laughs) well it's all right y'all have to like do it without me when i work yeah and then i get the leftovers i get the leftover afterthoughts No, you're clutch. <laughs> if you like what you heard, have to rate this podcast.com slash Dead five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love. So our strawberry, <gasps> fine. But let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. But tell us after every episode. And if you really like what you've heard, you can just follow us on either ko-fi.com slash Dead or patreon.com slash Dead. You don't have to buy us a coffee to show that love. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month. If you follow, you will get our recording schedule when we go back to pre-recorded episodes for free. And you can attend for free. free. But if you do want to support this podcast by tipping us, you'll get 30 days of supported back content via Kofi.com. Or if you join a membership tier for as little as a dollar on both Patreon and Kofi, I just lowered the Walkers tier on Patreon to a dollar because it doesn't really make a difference to do that to make it a certain price because it's not about the money for us. It's about showing us that you want to be more involved in what we do. And when you do, you can have access to things like our Discord server, which means more conversations 
conversations with us, telling us when you would like to record. Actually, we put that information in our one of our channels so you can join us. We can discuss convention appearances. We can discuss so many things that we don't discuss publicly, either on social media or on these episodes. We're just talking development. We're just talking about things we're thinking about doing that you can have your input on. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join us on this journey. So thank you for joining us. I've been your host, David Cameo, and we're, you were joined by the lovely and inimitable Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, <laughs> Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. Well, without it... <laughs> <laughs> And take us out. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to our mega episode discussing The Last of Us's third episode of its inaugural season on HBO. As always, we like to shout out our supporters. It's a perk that they receive when they support us on either ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead. Starting with our Survivors tier members who have the ability to join us in these episode breakdowns. They are at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at ElizaJones71 on Instagram, and FanArtLindy, who's at ko-fi.com com slash fanartlindy and on to our whispers tier members at judith.morton on instagram aiden atkin who's at ko-fi.com slash aiden atkin at tyler philip cox on both instagram and twitter at sandy.d.morrison on facebook at j13 Voorhees on instagram and twitter at mrtnyvet on twitter at jasmine.iac on instagram and at agent of trauma on instagram and twitter we really really hope you enjoyed this episode and if you want to be a part of the discussion Discussion, as so many were in both the reaction live stream and the full episode breakdown live stream, head over to our YouTube account, youtube.com slash squawking dead. Subscribe and enable all notifications so that you know when we drop anything, not just live streams, for your viewing and listening pleasure. Like the interview we just dropped with Carrie Genzel, who played Auditor Clark on The Walking Dead. We actually recorded that at Anthony's That's My Viewing Party, the Walking Dead series finale viewing party on November 20th, along with a bunch of other interviews that we have rolling out very, very shortly. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Can't wait. And I hope you're a part of the discussion too, because we are Squawking Dead.